Hello and welcome to episode 139 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And it is time for Innistrad Midnight Hunt like set review. We're gonna talk Ta-da. Yeah, ta-da. We're gonna talk <laughs> uh mechanics, we're gonna talk of the cards, and you're gonna see us if you're on the YouTubes. Hi. Hello. We have fancy backgrounds like we're semi professional. Semi-professional. Semi-professional. Hey, yeah. I worked hard on this slideshow. I think that's more than semi-professional. Yes, yes the slideshow is very nice. It is very impressive. Yeah. Better than my slides for my class. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to go through all that. So if you would like to tweet us what cards we missed, what cards you think we uh, mis-evaluated, you can get us at Casual Tripod on Twitter. Yeah, you can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. Or email us, show at casualtryhardmtg.com. If you're looking to pre-order any of this stuff, oh, that's one thing I meant to do today and I didn't get it done. I went to check pre-orders because I think there's some sleepers in here. Oh, um, but if you're looking to pre-order any of this stuff, uh, we would appreciate it if you used our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Uh, after you follow that link, Anything you buy will help support the show. We'll get a cut of it, help keep the show going. If you guys want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. Throw a couple bucks in the pot. It really helps us out. We'd appreciate it. Plus, patrons get access to our show notes before the show goes live, so you kind of get a leg up. You know what we're going to talk about. Uh, You also get to listen to our pre-show before the episode, and once in a while, I do little patron uh, givebacks where I'll I'll mail you something cool. Something just from us. Yeah. Uh, Also, we have our YouTube channel, uh, Casual Tryhard MTG on YouTube. There should be some stuff coming up on YouTube. Uh, We'll have, I'm going to do a couple box openings. Normally, there's a little bit of limited content that goes up. And you can watch this episode there with the cards right on the screen to follow along. Yeah. Um, I don't, like these episodes don't, really hit home on youtube like i thought they would come on people have you noticed Please. that i no i haven't checked the youtube <laughs> stuff a lot but come on make the algorithm happy like yeah. we, i mean it's kind of weird yeah, i figured we, these would be a big hit yeah we have jobs we can't post like three videos a day like to right. keep the algorithm <laughs> happy well, it's, I think the thing that keeps the algorithm unhappy is like us posting just the normal show there every week. I guess. Because like, only, only like two or three people ever listen to it there, and it uh, like knocks us down in the ranking. But that's besides the point. The people don't care about that. That's, yeah, they're like, whatever. They're yeah. like, as long as we keep getting the show, we don't need you to blow up. That's right. <laughs> uh, also, we have our Discord um we have our own channel there's a link in the description there's a link on all our social media hop on over join in the conversation it's probably the best way to get a hold of us um if you want you know a quick and timely answer um some of the other ways we don't get around to checking nearly as often as we should plus on discord it's a lot easier to have a conversation if you have a question or something that you know isn't quite enough for a whole episode but you know you want an answer to it's a little bit easier to do that on Discord than email. So make sure you check our Discord out. Oh, so real quick. So from yeah. the Twitters, uh, uh, the, the Mr. Karate or Miss Karate, whoever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sexy Karate was like, you know what we need to come up with? What's that? Weighted sleeves. 
so that you can play outside due to and they don't blow away. And they don't blow away. And I was like, that's an interesting idea. I wonder how hmm. heavy the sleeve has to be to like make it so like you don't have your cards blow away. I think the problem with that would be if the sleeve was heavy enough to not blow away, it would also be thick enough to not shuffle. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was I was like, hmm, how heavy would we have to like just like slide a little piece of lead in the back of all your sleeves, just call <laughs> it good. Super safe, really good for you. But I was like, that I wonder is if an you could do like idea. magnetic sleeves though. Oh yeah, where they're like where you have like a metal playing surface and then they yeah. are like they have like a little magnet, like a thin magnet in the back. Yeah. Ooh. That's interesting. There you go. Sometimes I get these ideas. They like pop out of my head. Yeah, that's, that's that is interesting. We could uh we could get some sort of engineering people on this. Yeah. The whole world's moving to digital magic and digital games. And we're like, all right. We're trying to make new sleeves. Yeah. How can we make the game more like more analog, but yet more robust? Right. They're magnetic and they're waterproof. Go. (laughs) So you can play in a rainstorm and they won't blow away and your cards won't get wet. Or you could go inside and play on arena. No. Outside. (laughs) With real cards. You have to get wet. You have to get wet. Cards can't get wet. Yep. All right. So, uh, I I will make some a little bit of commentary of don't get too attached to Innistrad Midnight Hunt because the next set comes out in eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. So that means here. in like five weeks you're gonna be like it's previews for the new set. Yeah. You're gonna get through all the drafts you were planning to do for the set. And you're gonna be like time to play some. Oh no, there's a new set. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with the mechanics because we were asked to cover the mechanics. Yeah. And so the first one is day and night. So this is the werewolf set. So they're trying to give you like a werewolfy vibe of like, oh, your werewolves are humans or whatever other. I think they're, are they, they're not all humans, I don't think. Hang on, time out real quick. Are you presenting? I am. Did oh, okay. It's me? not showing up as presented. It's showing up as the website. The it's website? showing up as Google Docs. Oh, you're seeing Google Docs? You're not seeing the... You're seeing the show notes? Uh, I don't see show notes. I see um, the slides. I see like what I see when I open Google Docs and look at the slideshow. Okay, one second then. Uh, maybe I'm sharing the wrong screen. Let's move this. Uh, new share. I should be sharing that. Let's see here. Is that better? It is. Okay. Sorry, everyone. It might not have been sharing cr- correctly. Now we right. go. Here we go. Yeah. Semi-professional. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Okay. So, uh. On Facebook, I got a reminder of a video I posted last year, which mm-hmm. was I was starting my lecture and someone said, hey, you didn't share the screen. And I was like, what a scrub. Didn't share a <laughs> screen. Dear God. A year later, still not sharing my screen properly. Awesome. Oops. Okay. Oops. All right. Here we go. The day night mechanic. This day is night. to 
give us the vibe of, hey, your werewolves are human. I think they're all human. Yeah, I think or so. Or most of them are. And then, oh, it's night. Now they turn into a werewolf. Right. Right. It's kind of cool the way that they're doing it. It makes a little bit more sense than the previous way. Yeah. So it kind of works similarly to the previous way with like one big difference. So, yeah. uh, well, two. So the old way werewolves worked was they transformed if no one cast a spell on a turn, you or your right. opponent. Right. And then they transformed back uh, to their. So it would be human. You cast yep. a spell, becomes werewolf. Yep. Or no one casts a spell, becomes werewolf. And then if two spells were cast on a turn, they went back to human. Yeah. Right. Now they're specifically saying, all right, if it's day, your things are human. Mm-hmm. If you cast two spells on your turn. Right. Well, sorry, if you don't cast any spells on your turn, it becomes night. All your things become werewolves. Mm-hmm. And then if a player casts two spells on their turn, it flips back to daytime. So before you could be like, pass my turn so my creature transformed and your yeah. opponent could cast an instant on your end step and then your creature didn't transform. So right. you like time locked yourself to make all your like eh, humans into like big buff werewolves. Right. And then your opponent was like opt. And then you just didn't use your mana yeah. and your creatures didn't all get better. Yep. So now if you say, I want it to be night, it will be night and all your things will transform. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they will transform at the beginning of the next turn. Yeah, so the things transform as it changes from day to night, which yes. happens at the beginning of the next turn. Yes. So, um, but I also believe that this does not use the stack. Oh, you can't like, respond to day and night. It's just a thing that happens. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just a like a thing that happens. It's a what do they call that? A game action or a static ability no. or uh, oh gosh, we should know this. Yeah. Oh, what is it called? State-based action? Yeah. Or state-based effect? Kind of like yeah. unmorphing something. You can't respond to something right. getting unmorphed. It yeah. just happens. So yep. this happens, and then all your things flip over. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's a sure. trigger. I think it just happens. Yeah. Um. So the thing that is going to suck in Limited is if you played paper limited mm-hmm. is if you only have one card in your deck that cares about day and night right? and you play it, you are tracking day and night for the rest of the game. Yeah. So this thing, it, this um, mechanic kind of works like Monarch or um, Ascend from like Ixalan where the mechanic doesn't really exist until you turn it on the first time. And then once you turn it on the first time, you track it for the rest of the game. So like with Monarch, you know, somebody becomes the Monarch and then, you know, when they're dealt combat damage, that person becomes the Monarch. 
something starts it and then it just goes from there. Uh, yeah. Same thing with City's Blessing. When, you know, you cast something with Ascend and, you know, you have 10 permanents, it checks if you have City's Blessing. And then, you know, if you get the Blessing, you're you're blessed the rest of the game. Uh, this kind of works the same way. Like nothing is tracking day or night until you play either a card that has daybound, nightbound, or a card that specifically says when I come into play and it's not day or night, make it day. Yeah. Which just like, you know, if, if you, if there aren't permanents, that, if you don't have any other cards that care, like in paper, you're just having to like flip the token right. every single time. Now, why this matters, why you have to track it is these werewolves work a little differently. So we said, yeah. like, we talked about transforming them, but if it's night and you cast your werewolf, it comes in as it's night side. Correct. Right. So before, whenever you cast a werewolf, it always came in on its front side. Mm-hmm. But if you've like manipulated it, like, let's say that your turn three, you're like, I'm not going to play a spell. Yeah. Right. On my turn, it's night. Your opponent plays a spell and you play like an in-speed removal spell. Now you can play your like cool four mana werewolf that's really powerful on its backside. Right. And now they have to cast, they either have to kill it or cast two spells to flip it Mm -hmm. to not just get like, you know, stomped by the like three mana five five or whatever that you just played. Yeah. Kind of like kind of in that vein. Um, I know we've said this about at least one mechanic every set for the last handful of sets now, but I feel like this mechanic is really like geared for arena. Um, yeah. Just like, the way that they're handling it is cool, but it does make it a little cumbersome in paper. Whereas in arena, this just does it for you and you don't have to think about it. And also like they get to put up, you know, a fun splashy graphic when it changes to daytime and like something yeah. dark and moody when it changes to nighttime. Yeah, it'll probably change. It might even change like the background. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Either change the background, or there'll be a sun in the corner, and then it'll become a moon. Yeah, or something. Yeah, like this is not a mechanic they make ten years ago. Right. Yeah. No. Right, because it's just too much tracking. Yeah. And I almost feel like they're still kind of not counting on people playing in paper. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, at this point, they don't really care. It's you're playing commander or we don't care. Yeah. So like, they're just not, cause could you imagine like at, get like comp REL? Like, I think my opponent forgot to flip day to night. Yeah. Or I think we missed one. Yeah. Like it's untrackable. Right. It is not you can't a really thing go you can back track. and fix it. Yeah. You can't go fix it. Like that's just where you are. Yeah. And that's just like, all right i guess this is where i am but like ew like it's just not a thing like we went through all the oh you can't track you know energy on a die because if the table gets bumped right and it's like oh yeah we're giving you a token and you have to flip it over yeah and like it's my second spell flip it and then you like you forget to flip it right well i said to flip it and you didn't flip it oh no oops they can't go back and like figure it out. Well, like I said, it's I don't think it's a trigger. So I don't think it's something you can miss. But yeah, I mean, th- this makes it really awkward for Comp Ariel. 
Yeah, so like even if it's not something you can like if you don't like if you don't if you can't miss it, but there's no way to track it if there is a discrepancy. If right. your opponent says I think it's day and you're like, No, it's night right? Like there's no yeah. way to go back and see like, oh no, I cast no spells this turn. Yeah. Like three turns ago I cast no spells. Right. Right, like this is not a mechanic that works well with like the rules of paper magic. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, it's. I guess on some level, it's like the dark confidant thing, where like if you don't reveal the card, like there's no way to track which card. Yeah. Like went into your hand, but like if you did that like twice, you just lost the game. Yeah right you got like a warning and then you just lost the game right like i guess this is you both get a failure to maintain Mm -hmm. but like i don't think you how do you know they didn't maintain yeah someone maintained right i don't know so yeah yeah, it's weird so, so it only takes one of these cards being good for this rule tracking thing to like exist in magic forever yeah, there's a couple of them that I think are pretty pushed, so we'll yeah, see. I agree. I, the other thing that's weird is like this day night thing doesn't affect any of the old transform cards. Yes. So like all of the old werewolves and everything else that transforms like isn't affected by day night. Which is really strange because there's things in this set that transform the old way. Huh. Like there we, we have, there's Delver of Secrets in this set. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's not on spell casting though. That's on well, right. some other condition. Yeah, it's its own trigger, but it's just strange that you have things that transform, you know, the way they always have, alongside things that transform this new way. Yeah. All right. Next mechanic. Next mechanic. We have Disturbed. Uh, what? Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> that was pretty good. Thank you, thank you. I've been I've been thinking about doing that for like a week, so <laughs> I was like, "This is my shot." All right. So, disturbed is kind of another play on flashback for creatures, right? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like embalm. Hmm. Yeah, kind of, sorta. And eternalize. It, it, embalm and eternalize. You didn't cast though. Yeah. So oh, you are casting this. Okay. These, yeah. So is this is. Different. Like kind of closer to um, like Kroxa or Uro, or like uh, yeah, something like that, where you can actually yeah. counter it on the yeah. way back. So you have a creature on the front side, mm-hmm. mana cost, power, toughness, all that stuff, and yep. then you have um, it has a disturbed cost, and disturbed is disturbed, and then the mana cost. You may cast mm-hmm. this card from your graveyard, transformed for its disturbed cost, and then there's a backside. Right. So you get the backside when you disturb it. Right. And all the disturbed creatures have the same text on the backside, which is when this uh, it would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. So if it's yep. countered, you exile it. If it's killed, you exile it. That way you can't keep looping the same card over right. and over and over again. Right. But so this is like just like flashback because you're casting the... You're casting the creature and you're getting like a different effect. Where like flashback is you get 
Typically, you get the same effect, but for a different mana cost. Here, yep. it's a different mana cost giving you a different creature. Yep. Yeah, I think every instance, it's a it's a, almost like a mirror image of whatever it was before. Okay. They just flip the power and toughness. Well, it's not just the power and toughness. Sometimes the abilities flipped also. Okay. Like there's a soul warden on the front that flips into like a blood artist on the back, I think. Okay. So these are interesting. I think for the most part, these are all like costed like limited cards. Like I didn't yeah, see I think any. To... There's one or two of them that I think were interesting that might have made it into my. They made the cut. Yeah. But yeah, but not many of them. Most of many. them seem like limited. All right, we have Coven, mm-hmm. which um, is worth. Oh, hang on. I got one more thing about Disturbed. All right. Um, while we're talking about Disturbed and we had just talked about uh, Day-Night, those are the two like main transform things in this set. Mm-hmm. When you flicker something with transform, it comes back as the front side. It doesn't track which side is up when it goes to exile. So when it comes back, it'll be whatever the front side is, regardless of, oh, I guess unless it's day-night. Yeah, so if it's night yeah. if it's night and you flicker a thing, it'll come back on its night side. Yeah. But if you, um, if you like, flicker... Wow, that's weird. Yeah, if you flicker a disturbed thing, it should come back on its front side. Right. Um... So, which I guess gives you another chance to rebuy it. Because mm-hmm. the exile clause is on the back of the card. But yeah. yeah, so the, the, the things, anything that is flipped, it leaves. And I guess it comes in the way you could cast it. Or the way it would if you cast it. It's a good way to think of it, yeah. Right, it comes in on the front side. Right. So whatever is deemed the front side is what it comes in on. Day-night stuff. It comes in the way it would have come in when you cast it, yep. which is a little weird, but sure. <laughs> it is what it is. Arena will take care of it. We don't need to know the rules anymore. Just click That's and right. buy gems. Yep. Card styles? Card styles. All right. <laughs> Coven. Yeah. Coven is... Coven's a little bit more straightforward. Yeah. Like, the, the way it's worded, people, like, flipped out for a little bit. Because so... they didn't know what power meant. Yeah. What are these different powers? The first number before the slash. Oh, right. That's what that's called. Um, So at the beginning of combat on your turn, or is it beginning? It's not always beginning of combat. It's Yeah. Sometimes they're activated abilities. It's just like constantly checking. Yeah. So we have candlelit uh, cavalry, which is at the beginning of combat on your turn. If you control three or more creatures, different powers, uh, candlelit cavalry gains trample until end of turn. There's yep. some that are like if you control uh, like active activation cost activate this only if you control creatures yeah. uh, three creatures uh, three more creatures different powers yeah and then some of them check thing. on ETB yeah um this has the same issue that party has yeah right where like it is difficult and constructed to get a board of four or three different creatures, let alone yeah. creatures with different powers. Yeah. It uh like it kind of goes back to something that we've touched on the show before, where like every format kind of has a breakpoint. 
where in order for a creature to be relevant, like this especially goes in limited, but in order for a creature to be relevant, like it has to have a certain power or toughness. Otherwise it either just gets chumped and trades down or gets brick walled and doesn't do anything. And because every format has those breakpoints, you tend to end up with a bunch of creatures with similar power and toughness. Yeah. I mean, there's that, right? So like if there's a bunch of two threes, which this set has a lot of two threes, right? Yeah. You've got to play a bunch of three threes to make sure you get through. Right. Right. Um, but then you also run into just like keeping three creatures on the battlefield. Like think about like yeah. party never worked in constructed because I'm going to have four creatures on the battlefield yeah, and like not have them get wrecked. Right. Because like if the coven payoff is super impactful, right, you can just make sure they never have creatures of different powers, right? Like as the opponent who has removal, yeah, you can just be like, okay, I'll kill, I'll kill your one creature that has three power. Yeah. Cool. Now you have two twos and a one, so your yeah. creature doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's even more relevant and constructed too, because a lot of times like you might only have, you know, four of the same creature with one power in your deck. And once the format starts to get solved, like people will know that, oh, you only play four creatures with one power in your deck. I'm just going to kill all those and shut off Coven for the rest of the game. Yeah. Cause I know the rest of your creatures are like two yeah. mana, three twos and three mana, three threes. And you're just yeah. not going to have, uh, coven so i think this is like an okay limited mechanic Mm -hmm. but not not great for the same reason like it's just like easy for your you give your opponent too much agency with this yeah right like like this is a common this candlelight cavalry but it's like it's a four mana five five vanilla Mm -hmm. which is not good enough if you don't have coven right so your opponent can just make sure you don't ever have Coven. So it's always vanilla. All right, we talked about this one. Uh, Flashback. Flashback. So this is you just get to cast the card from your graveyard. Yep, Flashback's awesome. Everybody loves it. Every time it comes around, everybody loves it. And there's always a few cards that are good. Yeah. I mean, even um, this card like that we have up, Homestead Courage. It's a white for a sorcery. Eh. Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature and it gains vigilance. Flashback of white. Mm-hmm. I mean, the current like white weenie deck is a two spells deck. Right. Hi, here are both your spells. Yeah, and like it's a reasonable pump, reasonable pump spell by itself. Plus there's, I guess most of it's rotating, but like there's stuff that cares about plus one, plus one counters. So, yeah, like this like, card looks innocuous, but like if yeah. you need to cast two spells in a turn, mm-hmm. this one gives you both of those spells. Like it's flashback cost is super cheap. For right. the most part, the flashback spell uh, costs in this set all increase. Right? Yeah, there I can't aren't think of any that are cheaper. Yeah, this one being the same is weird. Yeah, but for the most part, it's like, hey, this is two mana now. It's five. Yep. This is three mana now at seven. So it 
it encourages you to like go long. Mm-hmm. Next up, decayed. Yeah, this is a weird one. This um, is. So creatures with decayed can't block, and if they attack, they're sacrificed at the end of combat. So anything with decayed isn't going to stick around for very long. You can't ever chump with it. And a lot of times I think you're just going to be throwing a body away. Um, normally this is on, it's going to be on zombie tokens that you make. Yes. There are a couple cards that put decayed on other things that okay. we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but decayed is weird because when I first read it, I thought it was a lot bigger upside than it has to be. Like I figured a two-two body like zombies matter. So a two-two body that has a relevant creature type, regardless if it sticks around or not, I thought would still be like a significant upside to a spell. But in going through the set file to kind of build this episode, I noticed a couple things and somebody else had pointed it out on disc our discord also that like a falcon abomination is a wind drake that makes a decayed zombie well i mean like wind drake and limited is you know just kind of you know there and like you probably play it if you have it we've always had some sort of you know wind drake with upside for limited but this wind drake like brings a decayed zombie with it for three mana like a 2-2 flyer that brings a 2-2 body like wizards has to have like known that i guess decayed isn't that powerful otherwise that wouldn't have been something they did you know what i mean yeah so this is something that they actually brought up on limited resources that these zombies can't be very good because there's all these spells that we basically have the exact analog for from previous sets like well, yeah, I mean, bou- I wrote this whole section, yeah, yeah. But like, bounce a creature, yeah, make it two two, and it's like right. th- that would like never happen. Yeah, counter a spell, make a two two, mind rot, make a two two. Yeah, like these are all like these two twos must be le- worth way less than a yeah. card. Yeah. Now there is a lot of like sacrifice things, mm-hmm. so. These may just end up being the fodder that you need to power all the things that care about you sacrificing something. Yeah. So, like, oh, hey, you're going to, like, counter a spell and make a 2-2, but then next turn you're going to play Vivisection. Yeah. And you need a creature to sacrifice to cast Vivisection to draw three cards for four mana. Yeah. So your counter spell gave you your 2-2 so that you could cast Vivisection. Mm-hmm. And it might just be as simple as that they're just like oh no you have to have your uh your thing right you, yeah. you, we just have to give you these bodies so these other things work but yeah. yeah like i guess i never thought the zombie token was broken but well, right but like you wouldn't ever staple like a normal zombie token to a mind rot like that's a three mana three for one yeah no, exactly. So, like, this is so they could just give you a bunch of zombie tokens, yeah, to do things with, as yeah. opposed to, you know, them being like a regular zombie token. So, mm-hmm. like, when you think of these cards, don't think of them as like 
actual zombie tokens. Yeah. They are less was, than. Yeah, that was kind of a hard thing for me to get through my head when I like when I was going through the set file um for the first time, I was having a hard time not thinking of them as actual zombie tokens. So Yeah. But like this card, ghoulish procession that we have to illustrate this. One in the black enchantment. Whenever one or more non token creatures die, create a two two black zombie creature token with decayed. This mm-hmm. ability triggers only once each turn. So that last sentence sucks. But right. like, you know, oh hey, I'm gonna sacrifice a creature and we're gonna get another thing to sacrifice. Yeah. Like that that is good, but the but basically like the two two black zombie is almost just another thing to sacrifice. Yeah. And also don't forget that they sacrifice themselves at the beginning of uh, and at the end of combat. So remember right, you deal damage. Yeah, you, you deal damage and then before you get to your main phase there's the end of combat, but yep. that happens after they deal damage. So you mm-hmm. could be in a situation where you attack, you deal two and then you have some way to sacrifice them for value. Village rights. Village rights. Um, there's the the blue. I think it's blue black instant that like you yeah. can sack any number of creatures and you just make a big, like XX yeah. zombie. Right. Like you could get in for two or four. Your opponent's like, well, I'm not gonna block because I don't want them. I don't want to like trade a card for this, not a card. Yeah. And then you're like, ha, make a four four men- menace creature. Yeah. Again. Probably not a constructed level thing, but a limited right. thing where you at least can get the damage in and then do something with them. Yeah. Well, like you said, also, there's a lot of two threes in this set. Yeah. Which so also. Maybe, maybe that's why there's a lot of two threes in this set. They wanted to make sure that these decayed zombies weren't like actually a card. Yeah. So it is awkward that you're going to have all these zombie tokens that you can't block with. You may not yeah. be able to attack with. And they're basically, like, I don't know. They couldn't, like, there's not an Innistrad flavorful, like, O1. Yeah. Right? Because that's usually the token that's not a token is, like, the plant. Right. Like, here's an O1 plant. And you're like, okay, just, I guess I can throw it in front of something, but it doesn't do a whole lot. Yeah. These don't even get the, like, the pleasure of throwing, getting thrown in front of something. They just yeah. are kind of like, here is the lowest value thing we could give you and still have it make sense flavor-wise for Innistrad. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Yeah. So, because I mean, even like a skeleton would be like a 1-1. One, one. Right. They're like, no, here's a bad zombie. So, yeah, yeah Decayed, it just feels like it's a thing to give you fodder. Mm-hmm. I Maybe one card or two might find its way into constructed, but I doubt it. Like this feels yeah, very limited. There's one word that we're going to talk about, or there's actually two that we're going to talk about that I think uh, might do something, but okay. we'll see. All right. And then, Oh, was this our media yeah, side for decay? There we go. I should have changed. Yeah, it. this is, that's all right. This is just all the cards that I saw that had like an analog from like normal standard. Like yeah. I said, we, the Falcon Abomination is, uh, you know, Wind Drake and, you know, whatever. Yeah, like Startle. Target yeah. creature gets minus two, minus O until end of turn for one in the blue. Like, that yeah. is that has been, like, a, a limited playable card. You get a 2-2 two, two and you draw a card. Yep. Right? Like, that's just a lot 
for yeah, it w- would be nuts if the if the yeah, it would be amazing if the two actually attacked and blocked. Yeah, but instead it's like I don't I don't do that. So it's like okay, yeah. and like no way out is exactly the same casting cost as mine rot. Yeah, like they even told you, hey, we think that this two two black zombie is worth no mana. Right. Because, because mind rot's a card that we normally get. Yeah, and like flip the switch, it's also like counter spell unless it's control pace four. I feel like we've had this exact card for two and a blow. We have. Uh convolute. Convolute. And it's like yep. and get a two two black zombie with decayed. Yep. The counter then, uh, the counter argument is they've done a really bad job of costing things uh, recently. <laughs> That's true. So maybe these are better than we think, but it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. And like Rotten Reunion is cling to dust. Yeah. Exile a card from graveyard. You get to do it again out of your graveyard. What well, is a creature card that doesn't get non-creatures. So it's a little bit worse than cling to dust. What do you mean? This gets a card. One. Tar- oh, one target card. I'm sorry. I, th- I don't no. know where I saw yeah, it. Just hits a card. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, it is. It is just cling to dust. Yep. Where it doesn't draw you a card, but it's way cheaper to cast on the back end. Right. So. Yeah, like yeah. realistically, you're not casting Cling to Dust more than like twice anyway. Yeah. Yeah. By the time you eat your entire graveyard for the fir- for the yeah. for the first uh, flashback. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean the art art on Rotten Reunion is pretty cool. It is pretty awesome. Yeah. So. All right. And then they brought back Investigate. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they brought back Investigate like super sparingly. Yeah. Like it just shows up on in some like random places. Yeah. And I actually couldn't find the uh, um, Midnight Hunt Investigate token anywhere. Huh. I was kind of hoping I was going to. I could only find the Shadows ones. Yeah. So Investigate, you make an artifact token that is a clue. Mm-hmm. And this artifact has pay two, sacrifices artifact, draw a card. Yep. So it's it's a way to kind of like store up cards. Yeah. But, um, I mean, they didn't give us another Thraybert Inspector, so. No, I mean, they didn't give us Tireless Tracker either. <laughs> they did not. But, like, this is, this has been a, like, constructed playable mechanic mm-hmm. but it's because like there are cards that are just really powerful that gave you clues yeah not so much that like oh hey clues are awesome though there was the uh the modern like uh as i think they called it a uh, game objects deck yeah that With, would just... uh, was the academy manufacturer yeah and then the 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 blue green guy that's now on historic that like whatever uh Whenever you make one token, you make another. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And it's just, it just goes, blah, here's like 12 of each token. But yeah, though, no, this is, this is a round, but it's not the lot. When we were in shadows block, there were mm-hmm. like, this was a main mechanic in the set. Or yeah. The there block. were things that cared about like actually investigating. Whereas this time around, I don't think there's anything that actually cares about investigating. It's just like random clues tacked onto things. Yeah, it's like give your opponent a clue. You get a clue, but it's not. Yeah. It's like less than a card, 
or it's a card on layaway. Mm-hmm. But it's not, you know, it's not as powerful as draw a card. Right. All right. So let's go through the cards. Into first, the cards. First up, white. Adeline. Yeah, we have. I'll yeah. go ahead. I was just going to, I was going to name it off. Uh, Adeline Resplendent Cathar. Um, this card kind of feels like Brimaz if you were around for like, was it Born of the Gods Brimaz was in? I think so. Um, where it's Brimaz was like a three mana, three, four that made a nerd. Like every time it attacked, I think. And this kind of does the same thing. It's a three mana star four where star is the number of creatures you control. And when it attacks, you make a one, one that's tapped in attacking. Yeah. So, so if you Brimaz have like made... no other creatures in board, like in play, it's going to be a two, four. Yeah. When it is, when you make the second one. Yeah. So Brimaz. No, when you make the first one. Oh yeah. Yeah. When you make the first one, I'm sorry. Yeah. That becomes your second creature. Brimaz yeah. also made a token when you blocked. Oh, and that's that, true. And that token blocked with Brimaz. Yeah. So this can get bigger than Brimaz, mm-hmm. but you only get the tokens on attack. Right. But no, this is a reasonable creature. Yeah. Right. I guess the, like, Brimaz was good seven years ago. Right. Yeah. So like we, randomly it pops up in deck lists, though. So. It does. It does. But it's one of those things like, is like, do we have to calibrate ourselves for 2021 power level? Oh, yeah. Right. Like, is this, but I mean, I think this like could have a home in like, Black, white humans and pioneer Obzon humans, right? For collective mm-hmm. company, um, maybe it could, like, maybe it could find a home in like Death and Taxes because there's a bunch of humans there as well. That's true. So, like, you know, not that they need a ton of help like closing the game because Death and Taxes is not about that life, right? right? They just want to do the Death and Taxes part, and then like, okay, I guess I will kill you with Mother of Runes beats or something. Yeah, I was listening to um, the Resleavables over the weekend, uh-huh. and I th- I think it was the Torment episode that I just listened to. They okay. were talking about deck names, and uh, Cedric went on a rant about how he would, you know, erase Death and Taxes from history and just call it Black or Mono White Control or something. Ick. Yeah. Ick. Let us let us yeah. have fun. <laughs> yeah. Let us make the game enjoyable, like. Yeah. Uh, they did a uh, MTG Goldfish did a short on the name Solar Flare. Yeah, and I didn't know where Solar Flare came from. It's because Angel of Despair being bald looks like Krillin from DBZ. Oh, <laughs> and Krillin's and Krillin's big move was Solar Flare, where he would blind okay. people with a blinding white light. So since Angel of Despair looked like Krillin, the deck became. Uh, solar flare. Solar and I was flare. like, that's great. Sure. Like, I don't know. Like, now it'd be like, oh, this creature kind of looks like Rick from Rick and Morty. So this is what we'll love a dub dub. Like, that'd be great. It'd be so much fun. But no. Show me what you got. Yeah, there we go. Great. Oh, this looks one of the flying heads. It's show me yeah. what you got. But no, yeah. we can't have nice things. It has to be a teamer aggro. It's like, no. Right. Let the game be fun. All right. <laughs> yeah so, like one thing one more thing i wanted to say about this card is there seems to be like a lot of pieces for white weenie in this set 
and we're going to cover some other ones like later on in the episode. Um, the reason like this one might be, you know, worth noting is there seems to be multiple like three mana curve topper creatures for like a mono white weenie deck. And, you know, depending on the meta or maybe you can like swap them out in your sideboard or whatever, like this could be a role player for that deck, which is kind of why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. All right. So fateful absence, one in the white instant, which is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Destroy target creature or planeswalker its controller investigate. So here's where they've just tacked a clue on something. Right. Because it couldn't just be one in the white merc something. Had to be right. one in the white merc something. But give them something to make them not feel so bad. Yeah. This is the best white removal spell in Pioneer now. Yes. And maybe the second best white removal spell in modern behind path right um yeah i guess so because like deccan stone got played in sideboards and this is better than deccan stone it is um this hits planeswalkers which deccan stone did not and this is instant speed and deccan stone was sorcery speed right yeah deccan stone's big thing was the fact that it would hit multiple copies of the same creature but like That didn't happen a whole lot. Yeah, it didn't go search for him. It was only if it was in play that it it tagged them. Yeah, so that was not a thing that happened often. So this yeah. just kind of like is your kind of your next best like white removal spell. Right. So like how does this stack up next to Path? Like this um, hits Planeswalkers, which is something Path doesn't do. And they both give your opponent a card. I think that... One mana versus two mana is a big difference. Yeah. Right? If Path was two and this was two, maybe Fateful Absence is better. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they get the card, but the card's on layaway. Like, there's a right. chance that if you're, like, a white aggressive deck, they don't ever have a chance to spend two mana to get their card. Mm-hmm. This right. also doesn't ramp your opponent, though. Like, if you need to kill something on turn two, you're not ramping your opponent. This is true. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I feel like the the like, one man versus two mana thing is a big deal, right? Yeah, like the but fact- like, if you were building like blue white control, would you play? I don't know your third path before your first fateful absence. We both know neither of us is a control mage, um, right? <laughs> so, um, my thought was like. In, like, a blue-white control deck, they are going to get that card. Yeah. Right? Where giving them the land to ramp them, you presumably have ways to, like, counter the stuff on the way down. That's true. Or you have answers. So, like, giving them a land doesn't matter as much as giving them another thing you have to answer. Yeah. Or that you may have to answer, right? That it's like, I don't know, a 60% chance that you have to answer a card mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, oh, it's another thing I have to kill. Let me pick which way I want to kill them or yeah. kill that thing. Or, oh, I have to counter it. Which of my four counter spells shall I use? Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, 
it's an interesting discussion. I said, I think the big thing is one versus two mana. Hmm. But like, I think it, if they were both two, I think you could maybe say Fateful Absence might be better in a lot of situations. Yeah. But I think there's not a, there's not an analog to this card in Pioneer at all or in Historic right. really. Right. right. Like this is the best removal spell in Historic. Oh yeah. So, like, I think this card is the card that, like, breaches back. If you have, like, Deccan Stone in your sideboard somewhere, this it probably just... This. It just becomes this, I think. Yeah. Right? Like, because you can probably count on one hand the number of times your Deccan Stone got two things. Yeah. Right? And, like, if you are Death and Taxes, right, and you're playing against, like, a deck that has a Jace... Like, this gives you a way to, like, bring an answer to a Jace. Yeah. Where Deck and Stone didn't let you do that. Right. And th- they bo- both have the same downside. Yeah, I think, um, I guess my question is, or more of my opinion is that I think this is more than your fifth path, though. Like, I think it's better than path number five. I think Fair. it's probably, like, path three or four. Fair. I can see that because it has more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a reasonable argument. Yeah. So I, like I said, I, I don't think that like just calling it, you know, the second best path is quite apt. I think it's better than the second best path. Yeah, it, they, obviously it's, I don't think it's as good as path, but it's definitely better than the second best path. A three, two split or a two, two split or something. Yeah. Something like that. What's this one? You want to uh, take a break and grab a glass of water or something? You good? I should be fine. Okay. Hopefully. All right. So next up, we have uh, Gavany Dawnguard. It's two white, white for a 3 3 human soldier with Ward 1. Uh, Ward, if you don't remember, is kind of the new way that they're trying out like hex proof things. Um, when it's targeted with a, I think it's a spell or ability, right? Yes. Uh, the person who's like activating the ability or casting the spell has to pay whatever the ward cost is. Otherwise it's countered. So this has ward one and it says, if it's neither day nor night, it becomes day as it enters the battlefield. And whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, you look at the top four cards, of your library and you reveal a creature card with mana value three or less from among them, put it in your hand and then the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So the reason I think this is relevant is that it kind of fits into that same slot that Adeline did, where it's like the top end of like a white weenie deck. And it kind of like interchanges with whatever your deck needs to be doing. This is a way for white to get card advantage for you to, you know, save up some nerds to replay after a sweeper or for you to go wide around like an opponent's board or something. Um, I think this card is better than it looks. I really haven't seen anybody talking about this one. And I mean, it's just an uncommon, but I think it's a good card. Yeah. I mean, if you are playing like white weenie and like you have other things to do on three, right. Presumably you'd want to cast this on like turn. Like if it's night, you'd want to cast it on like turn four mm-hmm. and then play a one drop. So it flips on, it flips and you get your card right away. Yeah. Right. 
or uh no it's hard i think it's hard for you as like the white aggressive deck to flip it right to flip it from day to night because like you just aren't going to be in a situation where you're like no attacks right unless like you have like paladin class to activate on four yeah but that might be worth it right to just go like okay dawn guard go my turn is going to be activate paladin class mm-hmm. bash you flip dawn guard yeah i mean unless you have like some instant speed stuff to do on your opponent's turn yeah usually white we need extra dope though right it's usually just like well it- we talked about that uh, that one drop with flashback earlier. Oh yeah, I mean it's a sorcery though. Oh, that's true. Yep, you're right. But I mean, you could have the removal spell we just talked about, fatal yeah. absence. Yep. All right. Well, late for moving. There you go. All right. Sun gold sentinel, one of the white human creature or creature human soldier. It is a three two. That's, well, that's right. above right. <laughs> one of the white for a three-two. Like, oh, that could be a vanilla. No, no. Let me read the following paragraph to you. Uh, yeah. Whenever Sun Gold Sentinel enters the battlefield or attacks, exile up to one target card from a graveyard. So it is just graveyard hate. Yep. It, oh, it's base. It's incidental graveyard hate because, like, a two mana three-two, you're gonna play anyway. Yeah, it's just like a beater. Yeah. And then Coven, one of the white, choose a color. Sun Gold Sentinel gains hexproof from that color until end of turn and can't be blocked by creatures of that color. Mm-hmm. Activate only if you control three or more creatures with different powers. So it basically gets protection, but protection is hard. So right. <laughs> this paragraph is easier. Sure. Because it could just say one of the white gets protection from chosen color. Done. I mean, it's it's not just protection though, because this doesn't prevent damage from that color's sources. Well, you can't target it, right? But you could use this as a blocker. Yeah, you could like yeah, it stops you from blocking and yeah, then giving it protection, right? Or having the auras fall off of it that are of that color, right? But I mean, a lot of what this is is protection. Most of it is, yeah. Yes. Um, so this is the co- this is a coven card that like just seems like it is constructed playable without mm-hmm. the coven paragraph. Right. Right. It's just like oh, comes into play, like it comes into play as a uh, oh, what is it called? Soul Guide Lantern. Mm-hmm. Right. It does the Soul Guide Lantern thing when it comes in, yep. and it's also a three two. Right. It's a, was it Death Gorge Scavenger? Is that what did this? Yeah, it was like two and a green. Yeah. And it was a 3-2, right? It was a 3-2. So we just knocked a, knocked a toughness, uh, a, a, a one mana off of Death Gorge Scavenger. Right. For To give it this ability. Yep. Yeah. Um. I think this card is solid. This is another card that, again, like, if you're playing Death and Taxes... Maybe you play this as mm-hmm. a cyborg card, or it, I mean, at two mana, it's not outside the realm of possibilities for older formats for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's also something that like, uh, what is 
recruiter of the guard is it power or toughness mm-hmm. i don't it's remember t- which one's which it, you might be able to get it with recruiter yeah one of them's power which one one of them's toughness i just don't remember i which feel like the white one should be should be toughness but you know yeah uh w- wow google's just like in my head because oh, <laughs> i typed i, I got r-e-c-r-u and it's like recruiter of the guard mtg was the autofill there you like, go all right cool let's see that you're listening uh recruiter yeah. of the guard is toughness yeah so like you could just have like main deckable searchable graveyard hate yep all right next one sunset sunset revelry, revelry. uh this is one and a white for a sorcery if an opponent has more life than you you gain four life if an opponent controls more creatures than you, make two one two one one white human creature tokens. And if an opponent has more cards in hand than you, you draw a card. Yeah, so this is baby timely reinforcements? Yeah, I mean, it knocks a whole mana off, which is relevant. And it's two less life, one less body. But like, but it might replace itself. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're like, say your opponent just goes like turn one goblin guide, attack yeah. you, right? If you're on the play, you can just like gain four, and make two guys, right, right, and then like be able to do stuff on turn three, as yeah. opposed to like you know taking a bunch more beats and not getting the blockers. Yeah. So like, I think that. You know, it could it could have a, a place. Now, Jerry T was like, I don't know. I think like timely reinforcements is probably better. It's like, yeah, it's better, but it costs one whole mana more. Yeah. Right. And like, you know, is two life and a one one worth a mana? Maybe not. But, you know, it could well, be. Well, timely never replaced itself, though. Yeah. I mean. Where like the where you get the four life and the one one, you probably don't get a card. That's true. Right? Like your opponent's like mono red and they're just like But like there might be a situation where like say you're on the on the play, right? Mm-hmm. You go land, you're at six cards, your opponent goes land goblin guide, they're at six cards. Yeah. You go land then this. Like yeah. you get your card. Right. So like and, on the, and your life and your creature. Yeah, you get you get it all if yeah. you're on the like against an aggressive deck if you're on the on the play. Yeah. So I mean, in that situation, the card is just like amazing. But I think mm-hmm. if you're on the draw, they probably cast two one drops. Yeah. You know, and then you're then you can't get your card back, but right. It's and you're up a card because you're on the draw. So like, I don't think there's any way you get it back. Yeah. But like on the play, I think it's it's probably as good or better than timely. Mm-hmm. I think it's sweet. I like it. Yeah. All right, to the blue cards. Yeah. Well, we can't say the strictly better opt. Uh, it's more or less strictly better opt. Someone will like find the corner. Okay, what if it's your combo piece and you need to keep it in your deck? Whatever. Consider a blue. What combo deck are you playing where you're not pulling your combo piece out of your graveyard? 
hey man, I played a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of Neoform. That's true. And I needed all those idiots in the deck, yeah. all of them, all twelve combo pieces or whatever. <laughs> they all needed to be in the deck. Okay, consider it's a blue for an instant. Look at the top card of your library. You may put in that card into your graveyard, then draw a card. So it's kind of like surveil one. Yep. And then draw a card. Yep. So nine times out of ten, putting a card in your graveyard is just upside. Yes. Um, right? Like maybe it's a faithless looting, and you're like, oh, I can just flash this back next turn, yep. and I'll see another card this turn. Uh, or, you know, it's an arc like Phoenix mm-hmm. or stuff you want in your graveyard yeah, anyway, just things that you want to have in your graveyard anyway. And it puts yep. it there without like extra work. Yep. It puts a narc amoeba in your graveyard, which then triggers, it Ooh. puts a creeping chill in your graveyard, which triggers, which triggers. I like this. Um, yeah, no, like this is, this card is innocuous. Cause you're like, Oh, it's mostly opt. But it is better than opt in many, many spots. Yeah. It feeds um, like the Delve creatures one mm-hmm. more card that opt doesn't. Yeah, I not think the, it's very good. I mean, you could see like in the like blue, red, like Merktide Regent decks in like modern. Yep. Like they probably won't consider over opt. Oh, yeah. Right. You're like, because that's like just two cards off of. Because like a lot of them are playing Thought Scour. Mm-hmm. So well, like, I don't know that this replaces Thought Scour. No, no. But I'm saying like if they play Opt, they play this yeah. and Thought Scour. Yeah. Right. It's just ways to turbo through their graveyard. But mm-hmm. this has you know the ability to like look at the top card and decide if you want to pitch it, as right. opposed to Thought Scour that you're like, oh no, they were both my Murktide Regents. Yeah. It's like no, no, no. This like you can be like, oh no, I want that card. I'll draw it. Yep. So, no, I think it is good. Lear, Disciple of the Drowned. What is this? Yeah, this do? is a weird one. Uh, we had a request for it, though, so we're okay. going to talk about it. Um, it's a mono blue card. Well, okay, it's a three blue blue for a three four legendary human wizard. It says spells can't be countered, and each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback. Flashback cost is equal to that card's mana cost. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird that like a mono blue card says spells can't be countered because that's typically what blue wants to do. Yes. But this is also like it just reads as like a super duper combo piece. Yeah. Well, um, so on one hand, the spells can't spells can't be countered could be a positive for you, right? Like, Mm -hmm. let's say this is, um, replaces past in flames, Mm -hmm. right? Now you can like do all your combo shenanigans after this resolves. Right. Without any fear of your opponent interacting with you. Right. I think the real reason it says spells can't be countered is this card would be a nightmare. Imagine you play dissipate on three, you play another counter spell on four and you get the yeah. game to a point where it's like turn eight or nine and you yeah. play this with three mana up and then you just cast yeah. the dissipate out of your graveyard and then right. your opponent just never gets to resolve another spell. 
Or heaven forbid you have a graveyard full of like rewinds where you're just yeah. like casting them out of your graveyard and untapping all your lands. Yeah, like you just, it would be awful. So yeah. I think the spells can't be countered was like a safety valve. Could be, probably. But also like, you know, not that like past in flames is like difficult to like cast out of like storm and legacy. Yeah. Right. But like this even costs the same, right? Right. A flashback, yeah. pa- a, pa- a flashback past in flames costs five. Yep. So this is kind of the same thing and you don't have to worry about like going into red mm-hmm. and you get the bonus of like spells can't be countered and it like pitches to force. Right. So you like play two of them or something. I don't know. But like. Yeah, could be. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Right. Like it could be just it could just be like passing flames on a stick, mm-hmm. which we've never ever seen a card like that go wrong at all. <laughs> ever. Yeah. I mean, I know that. Uh, so what was what was the problem with what's this called? Underworld Breach. It just gave all your spells escape. Or all yeah. your cards escape? Okay. So, like, not as broken, but still, like, you're just like, oh, I can cast everything out of my graveyard? Mm-hmm. Like, that's never gone wrong. Right. And I have an active Teferi? <laughs> Yikes. Oh, I can do anything. Anything. Right. Anything. I mean, you know, even the, like, oh, gosh, what was it called? Oh, the tap, untap, the Lotus Field combo deck. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, you get your mana, you play this, and you're just like, oh, I guess I win now? Mm-hmm. Cool. Because, like, they can't do anything, and you just recast right. your graveyard, and you win the game. So, this could see some play, but it might be one of those things that, like, spells can't be countered, is, like, is there to, like, not make standard miserable, but Probably. then break something in an older format. <laughs> Would like, not surprise me. Yeah. Oh, I have a past in flames and effectively an active and a Teferi time raveler out. Yeah. Cool. At least All it's five card. mana. At least it's five mana. Yes. All right. Okay. I had not seen the art of this. This is nightmare fuel. Yeah. I mean, the card is nightmare fuel to begin with. Yes. Not it's... a card that uh that I will probably be playing with, but it is very good. Yes. Uh this is Memory Deluge. It's two blue blue for an instant. It says look at the top X cards of your library where X is the amount of mana uh you spent to cast this spell. Put two of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So this does not draw the cards. So things like Narset don't stop it. And the front the front part of it is just the four mana like scry two draw two that we get in every standard set that always sees play, except look at four pick two is better than scry two draw two right? Yeah, because you you, you get more at, information. Yeah, you're looking at all four cards, and then yeah. right if you want the second card and the fourth card. Yep. you would never get to make that decision. Right. Uh, right. You would have to put the top two cards to the bottom and get a card you don't want to get that fourth card. Right. Where here, you get to be like, I get two and four. Right. Or I get one and three, which I guess you could do if you got lucky. 
but like yeah. you do, you don't, you just get more information. Mm-hmm. And then the flashback is dig through time. It's just dig through time. Yep. Five blue, blue, same thing. You spent seven mana. You get to look at seven cards, pick two. So you get two cards on the front side, two cards on the back side, and a total of 11 cards to pick from. Yeah. Um, again, we mentioned Lotus Field Combo, a deck that mm-hmm. makes a bajillion mana that just wants to find cards. Yep. Right? Here, like, find whatever cards you're missing. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, it, it has the upside that, like, it can be dig through time early on. Yeah. Or it can it can it, it can just be a four mana draw two in air quotes right. early on to help set you up. Where dig yeah, I mean a lot of times your dig was like three or four mana anyway. I mean yeah, not that, in like eternal formats, but like when yeah. it was in standard, your dig yeah. was three or four mana anyway. So you kind of get the like dig like the early dig through time flexibility, but then later on in the game, you know you had to pay more mana than you would for a dig, but you already got to cast it once. Right. So you set up your land drop or whatever. So that's yeah. very good. But in this art, though, this <laughs> art is crazy. It, I got, I got, I got, I got beverage delivery. So this is all good. Oh, look at you. Yeah. She heard you yeah. coughing. I, I texted her, but she heard me coughing and oh. she felt bad for me, I'm sure. <laughs> Hi, Hannah. She ran away. Oh, okay. But they... See, if you're nice to your wife, she will bring you drinks when you ask. <laughs> so just being like, no, you you die now. You dehydrate and die. I need a Dr. Pepper stat. I got a water. I'm like, I need to sleep tonight. <laughs> All right. But no, this card is good. Like, what was the... Oh, there was... um. The big thing here was there was a sorcery. It had fish on it. That, uh, from uh, one yeah. of the four sets. Drawn from Dreams. Drawn from Dreams. I was like, oh, hey, this card is a lot of dig through time. Yeah. I should have a stack. It was not It was not enough dig through time because it was a sorcery. Right. In fact, this is an instant, gets it closer. Yeah. So, yeah. But, like, the fact that I, that water is just pouring out of this person's eyes, like, I don't know. This is, <laughs> just... I mean, everything about it is disturbing. There's, like... The lady killing presumably her child who looks like a zombie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is not good. Yeah. Not good. All right. Yeah. Uh otherworldly gaze. Yeah, this one's interesting too. Right up your alley. Blue for um an instant. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put any number of them into your graveyard and the rest. On top of your library in any order, flashback for one in the blue. Yep. So it's surveil three. It is surveil three. Like, it needs to say draw a card on it. Right? Like, this doesn't seem like super playable. Didn't we have. Oh, gosh. What was it? It was one in the blue. It was it was a Jace card from the last set that people used to turbo out Emrakul mm-hmm. from like the last time we ran in Estrad. Yeah. And the only time it got played was the Turbo and Emrakul. Like, this is close. Like, it's... The fact that you get to look like you can be like, oh, I can, like, put two dredgers and then, like, leave my land or whatever. Yeah, or I need to hit my next land. I'll just bin everything else. Until I try to hit a land. Yeah. I mean, there's also an argument that, like, 
depending on how like all in Phoenix is and putting things in the graveyard, you could play this. Yeah, I mean it's two spells for Phoenix. It is. It is for three mana. So, and it's six six cards. Yeah, you you just take take my socks top six, throw them in the graveyard, hope two of them are Phoenixes and kill you now. Well, like that's a thing that some decks want to do though. Is um is Storm Herald still blue? Um. I guess it could be. It was. I did have it blue for a while. I haven't played that deck for in a bit. Champion of Wits. Champion of Wits. I feel like I feel like that was better than the Jund version, but that might be sacrilege. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, no, that could be good. The deck needed things to do early on in the game. Yeah. Right. So no, I yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess there there are spots for this. It's just hard. Like usually cards that are like selection, but not like they don't replace themselves don't get played right but you are right like in like well i mean faithless just... looting is selection not card advantage and it saw play everywhere yeah but like you you got those cards right away right yeah so this you're like i guess it's an instant so like at the end of your turn you can set up your next draw mm-hmm. so that's that's good i don't know it seems close but i'm not sure all right. It was worth talking about. Though. I think it was. Oh, hey. Yeah. Patrician Geist. Hey, look at that. Look at this guy. <laughs> so this is this... two two and a blue for a flying uh, spirit knight. Yeah. Other... It's a wind drake. It is. Three Other mana, sp- two, two flyer. Other spirits you control get plus one, plus one. Mm-hmm. And spells you cast from your graveyard cost one less to cast. Yeah. Um... I feel like in, like, Pioneer, this is playable. I, I did see some people saying, like, isn't just, like, Empyrean Eagle better? And I was Maybe. Like, maybe. But, like, like, your Supreme Phantom doesn't pump Empyrean Eagle. Right. Your Supreme Phantom pumps this. Like, yeah. a, your Empyrean Eagle doesn't like trigger mausoleum wanderer right right so like i think it is better than empyrean eagle i don't know if you're ever going to use the like like in spirits which is where this would go in constructed mm-hmm. i don't think you're gonna use the like spells from your graveyard cost one less to cast like yeah. i don't know if anything they cast from their graveyard yeah i but don't think so i think like as a like spirit lord in like newer formats, I think yeah, it's, not in modern. No, because like the the correct answer is Drug Skull Captain, right? That is the correct answer for your three mana lord, right? So like this is, and it's weird too. It's like, hey, let's make this a rare that is worse than the uncommon from ten years ago, <laughs> but we're gonna throw spells in your graveyard cost one less to cast because reasons. Yeah, like. Uh- I really didn't pay a ton of attention to the disturbed cards because I think for the most part, I was pretty much in line with what you thought where it's kind of just a limited mechanic. Yeah. But what happens if you start knocking two mana off of them? I think they get way better. That's that's, that's why it's here. Is... And we also have um, the nerd from Kaldheim, the clone. The clone. Yeah, the modal double face three mana clone. 
Oh, uh, Glasspool Mimic. Yeah. Isn't Glasspool Mimic from Zendikar? What's it? I thought. I could be wrong. Whatever, Glasspool Mimic. I thought it was, no, it was a shapeshifter. Okay, but it, like, yeah, but all clones are I didn't think there were shapeshifters in Zendikar. All clones are shapeshifters. Oh, yeah, maybe I was thinking Changeling. Because, like, it's the, um. Yeah, maybe you're right. It's is it it's the Kazan it's the blue Kazandu mammoth. Uh okay. Right? I think I think it's the I think it's the analog to Kazandu mammoth. Okay. I think. But yeah. yeah. Like you could Well like, anyways, we still have it. Yeah, you could copy this and now your disturbed creatures are, you know, way better. Like the the one that like it's an O four that then comes back as like a four four flyer mm-hmm. for six mana. Like if you brick wall your like aggro opponent for two turns and they kill it, and then like yeah. you get a a you know a six six flyer for four later on in the game, that's good. Like that, yeah. that seems fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do think that like in like the spirit decks, like the tribal spirit decks, like this is probably a one like a two of, because mm-hmm. like in like pioneer you also have spell queller. As right. like your three drop, but yeah, I fighting think this for is the same sol- spot. Yeah, but I think this is pretty solid. Yep. Like I was a little disappointed. I was hoping that the like spirit lord would be better, better. Yeah. Than than what it was, but no, I think it's I think it's good. Oh, there was one. Okay, there was there was one other blue card. I didn't think of the name. Uh, when I saw otherworldly, whatever they like made a in air quotes, I guess strictly better unsummon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like a Where it's blue. like unsummon, and if it's mana value three or less, you get to scry one or something. Yeah. So like, yeah, we just don't get to play unsummon anymore. That card yep. is. That card was a okay for like twenty eight years, <laughs> and then we we're like, no, no moss. Yeah. So all right, black cards. Black cards. The first, uh, first up is bloodline culling, one black black for an instant. And you get to choose one. Target creature gets neg five, neg five till end of turn, or creature tokens get neg two, neg two till end of turn. So like Grasp of Darkness is kind of an analog to the first mode where it was a two mana neg four, neg four, and that saw tons of play while it was legal and standard. Also Dismember, I realize is usually only one mana, but is kind of a go-to removal spell in modern. That's neg five, neg five. Yeah. And neg then five, this also a has lot of stuff. What's that? Neg five, neg five gets a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. It hits most of what you're trying to kill. And then this also has like a sweeper for tokens tacked onto it. If that's something you want instead of the neg five, neg five. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's super flexible. We, we initially yeah. thought it was, we, we didn't see the token part. Yeah, uh, we were like, "Oh man, this is absurd," but I mean, it's still good. Like the mono white deck that's gonna make a bunch of like flying tokens with like Clarion Spirit. Yeah. Um, if like your opponent's trying to build up a big board of like decay zombies for like one big attack. Yep. All right. So Wipe them out. This is a YouTube only comment, but here we go. Okay. Do we have a Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction thing? 
Because I just looked at this card and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm a hundred percent sure <laughs> that 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 is a bare booby. That might be. That that looks like uh, something slid by the old. Uh, I, I feel there. like that's supposed to be a red gem around her neck, and not what you think it is. Okay, but like <laughs> this, like uh, a bare breast and then a bump on it, and like I don't know, like, it looks. Like, I just, I had not seen it, and now that I've seen it, it's all I can see when I'm looking at the artist. You can't unsee it? Yeah, it's like, oh, that is 100% a topless lady. (laughs) It's like, it's like, you know what, we removed unsummon, but we're going to go back to some of that classic magic art to get, to like, get get back for you. It's like, oh, thanks. Thanks for the give backs. (laughs) All right. Something tells me people are going to complain. And like the arena version of this card in a week is going yeah, to like fixed. is going to be fixed. Yeah, that the red gem will be removed or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. You're welcome, this, YouTube. Yeah, you're welcome, YouTube. Can I be like, oh, they're right. Yep. Brian's just not a pervert. It's just like <laughs> that is what it looks like. All right. So this next card is an A plus pun. Oh yeah, and best name in the set, and a very good card. Very good. So this is Champion of the Perished, mm-hmm. a black for a zombie. That's a one one. Whenever another zombie enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Champion of the Perished. Yep. So it's Champion of the Perish. P-A-R, which, not P-E-R. Yeah, which um, had the same text on it, but for humans. It was right. a 1-1 one, one white human. Yep. So. And is one of the best cards in modern humans. Yes. Uh, if that deck is ever going to be playable again. One yeah. day. Um, so zombies usually goes wide and not tall. But having one threat that just gets really big as you're just pumping out zombie tokens yeah, is probably fine. It's rewarding you for what your deck wants to do anyway. Yeah, usually zombies are like sticky. That's also another one of their like things. They come back or when they die, yeah. they make a zombie or something. So this doesn't do that, but you know it does everything else. And a lot of times the um, the cards around it are the cards you're going to want to kill? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, if I kill the champion, they're going to draw a card with their undead auger. So I guess right. I need to kill their undead auger instead of the champion. Yeah, and like, or they're going to make a nerd with their crit breaker or whatever. Yeah, and so like, if that happens enough times, this is a 5-5 five five all of a sudden. Yeah. Because you were doing other stuff, and now they have to deal with this, and then all your synergies help like put you over the top. Right. So, and like, I guess there weren't a lot of one drops in zombies that were like good. I guess like you had, oh, what carrion is feeder, carrion feeder. That was what I was thinking of. And crit and breaker, crit breaker, and like this is like infinitely better than like uh, carrion feeder. Oh, uh, we also have grave crawler. Oh yeah, grave crawler. But if your yeah. one drops are champion grave crawler and um. Uh, oh gosh, we just said it. Crit breaker. 
Yeah. Like, I think you're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. And then your twos are like Undead Augur and um, Relentless, Relentless Dead. Dead. And then you play like, you know, Death Baron and like, you know, two lords. Or, it's like, yeah, like Lord Death of the Baron. Accursed. You yeah, also Lord have the two mana lord from Amonkhet. Oh, yeah. I was trying to think if there was one. So, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you just kind of like have a deck. Yeah. Um, throwing throwing some fatal pushes and like call it a day. Yep. I mean, and like a lot of that deck is just like again, pioneer slash like historic playable. Yeah. I mean, secretly you want to like put in some green lands and just play four companies. Because that's what you do yes. in all in all of your uh tribal decks is you're just like my tribe and four companies. We will figure <laughs> it out. We are good yep. now. We have a deck. So blooming marsh and uh, and overgrow tomb, and then you're you're there. Yep. But no, I think this card is is really good. It's a good name. It's it is a like a it's a cute card, but it's also a powerful card. Oh yeah. You're like oh, I see what you did. That's really cool. So I don't know. I guess when we come back for like the sixth time, they'll be I'll do one for spirits or something. Oh, what would that be? I don't know. I don't know. I can't hmm. think of a good like spirit pun that begins like uh, that. That would be a good like pun on. Maybe parish. it would be. Oh, it would go back to the original parish, P A R, and it would be chaplain of the parished. Ooh. Or of the parish, and it I would like be it. A, a white spirit. There we go. Go, hit us at Morrow. Yep. All right, so now we just have our uh, our good black removal spells. Yeah, I thought it'd be fun to kind of like compare the two because they kind of do two different things. They're both at uncommon. They're both removal spells. One's a sorcery, one's an instant. So like obviously that's going to matter. But one of them replaces itself. So we yeah. have foul play. It's a one and a black for a sorcery. Destroy target creature with power two or less and investigate and then we have infernal grasp one in a black for an instant destroy target creature period you lose to life yes um so foul play reminds me of what was the card it was from uh ikoria i can think of the art it was destroy target creature with power two or less and it had cycling okay and it didn't see a lot of play. Like, the two or less thing is, like... Investigate's better than cycling, though. It is. But where... Like, think about if you're playing against Mono Green. Yeah. How many targets does this card have? Like, almost zero. That's true. And right? you're also trading down on mana for the most part. Like, usually you're going to kill a one drop instead of a two drop with it. Yeah. Because, I mean, they have the... Green, green, three, three. Yeah. Right? Like, this can't hit that. Or even the uh, the white card we just talked about, the, yeah. the three, two. Like, yeah. you're just looking at this, and you're like, oh, my God, I hate my life. I'm just going to die so badly to this. Yeah. So, like, that is the, the concern. Is it's narrow? Mm-hmm. And, like, with... Uh, I've tried not to use this word, but I will now use this phrase. With the power creep we're seeing in, like, you know, powers and toughnesses... Right. Yeah. This like 
There aren't a ton of like three mana two power things. Right. Right? There's not a lot of three there's not a lot of two mana two power things that are gonna see play and constructed. So yeah. like I feel like this can just get stuck in your hand. Well, like Infernal Grasp is an instant. It's just gonna get whatever you need to get. Yeah. And like the two life doesn't not matter, but like it doesn't super matter either. Yeah, I mean, like whatever you're gonna kill is probably gonna cost you more than two life. Yeah, you, you know, you you take. Oh hey, you played a two mana two two, which don't exist, but okay. I guess I'll kill it with this because it's gonna deal me four damage. Yep. So I'm like still ahead on the life exchange, where, yeah. um, so yeah, like everyone's super excited for Infernal Grasp and like agree it's good, but like I'm surprised it doesn't have like planeswalker on it as well like maybe that well just makes it then it good. would be whatever that white card is fateful I guess, or whatever I guess so i guess so. i guess that's other differentiating them or yeah. it would have like, to be a rare yeah this is terminate but you lose two life instead of having to play red fair i guess that's a good way to think of it so you remove your lightning bolts from jund and you're just getting closer to being the rock <laughs> so well like in pioneer where like the jund mana base isn't super supported yeah this is your terminate yeah no i think i think it is and like in a control deck as well like mm -hmm. like you know you you'd much rather be able to kill their four mana four four right than just like get completely and totally bodied by it and yeah. so trading to life when you're at 10 to go to eight doesn't really matter especially if you were going to go to six or whatever yeah like you're going to be fine in that exchange yeah so like infernal grasp is probably like the best removal spell for like um in black for two mana right like um yeah so for two mana so eliminate like eliminate and cast out kind of had those honors before eliminate yeah. cast out and heartless act right right and it used to be that like the the holes didn't matter as much right but like in like if you think about modern eliminate gets ragavan but doesn't get mark tide regent right um uh what's it called uh cast out gets mark tide regent doesn't get ragavan and then Heartless Act gets Ragavan, doesn't get Murktide Regent. Right. This gets them both. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it, like, fills the, the kind of the, like, your... Because I think that, like, uh, Cedric was playing Blue Black Mill. And yeah. uh, he was talking about it, and one of the... You might have just listened to it. And one of the receivables that he had... Um, he actually had Doomblade as his removal spell. And people were like, wouldn't it be better to be uh, like Heartless Act? And he was like, you need to think about what people are playing. And it's yeah. just that it can't ever beat a Murktide Regent. Yeah. So you play Doomblade because no one's playing anything black that really matters. And you need to be able to kill Murktide Regent and Ragavan. Yep. And this does both. And also, Death Shadow. Right. Right? 
this card goes in or Yog Moth or yeah, but this goes know, in Death whatever. Shadow too. Oh yeah, oh for sure. Like hey, it kills a creature and it deals two damage to me. This is all yeah. I've ever wanted. Perfect. Yeah, Legacy Death Shadow plays was it Snuff Out? That's like hit yourself for four. Yeah, but you don't have to pay the mana. Right. Yeah, but yeah, Snuff Out, which is an uncommon, which is like twenty dollars now for some reason. Yeah. Because <laughs> of that one deck. No, Infernal yep. Grasp is is good. Artwork, also super creepy, but... Yes. Yeah. All right, next up. Oh, a, co- yeah. a returning character. Yeah, this is uh, Gisa Glorious Resurrector. Uh, it's two black black for a 4-4 legendary human wizard. If a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. And at the beginning of your upkeep, put all creature cards exiled with Gisa onto the battlefield under your control. They gain Decayed. So I thought this card was interesting because uh, I think everybody knows Kalidus was like one of my favorite cards and what kind of cemented me as being like a mid-range player. Yes. And this is a reasonable portion of Kalidus. It is. It's a four mana, four, four graveyard hate that gains advantage over time. So where Kalidus gave you like two twos that could either pump himself or, you know, just serve as attackers or blockers or whatever. This lets you get a copy of things that your opponent was trying to kill you with, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know if Gisa does as good a job of stabilizing a board. Yeah. Where, like, Kalidus had lifelink. Right. So, like, it would, like, come down and, like, they couldn't make, like, they couldn't make an attack in to get, like, six damage in. Mm -hmm. Because you were going to gain three life, eat the thing and get a 2-2. And the next turn, like, you were going to gain five life. Right. So... But, like, she's almost a more aggressive card. Mm-hmm. Like, since the creatures have decayed, right? You're like, you play her, you kill something, right? And then you just have, like, a one-shot, like, you know, take six because, like, you, you killed their six. Or you, like, you kill their uh, uh, goldspan dragon. You're like, take four. Make a treasure. Make a treasure, right? And so, like, you end up. Like, it ends up just being a more aggressive card in that regard. Like, where Kalidus mm-hmm. was, I think, almost more defensive. Yeah. But it is, like, it is really good. Like, Decayed, like, you couldn't just do this without Decayed. Oh, yeah, then it would just be better Scarab God. It would just be ridiculous. <laughs> um. Also, I love the fact that, like, doesn't Gisa in every one of her arts have a shovel? She does, yeah. Yeah, I just want to say, she's like rocking a dress, holding a shovel. That's right. Um, no, I think like... Ooh, that's a pretty nasty cleaver she's got there too. Yeah, I had noticed that, yeah. Um, like, now we have to answer the question for like standard, which mm-hmm. is, do we get to play four mana four fours? Because we've not... I don't a- know. We've not been allowed to play a four mana four four for a while now. Well, I don't know. Questing Beast saw an awful lot of play. Did it? 
So my like. <laughs> I haven't played standard in a while. I'm just thinking yeah. about like how standard like shifted to like ultimatum stuff yeah. and just got like, I'm playing two mana flash things and counter spells mm-hmm. or I'm playing seven drops that instantly win me the game. Right. And there wasn't any room for the questing beast type thing. Yeah. Right. Like we've got field trip. And we have a uh, Quandrix Cultivator mm-hmm. as like, you know, let's just ways to ramp you. Yeah, let's just skip the middle of the game and get to the big stuff. Yeah. And I guess I don't know what the end game big stuff is. Well, you get to play the new ultimatum. What's the new ultimatum? We'll get there. It's in green. Okay. I think it, maybe I know what you mean. Okay. So, like, I think this card, like, is objectively powerful, but, like, does the format let it get played? Yeah, and that I'm not sure of. Yeah, because, like, I don't think, like, I think Questing Beast only got played, like, in the mono green Stompy deck, which was, like, trying to be a little bit bigger than, like, blue-black and just, like, not care if they countered stuff because it was, like, I'm just a pile of three mana four fours. One of these will stick. And then good things will happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then tried to get under the go big decks. But like, you know, like just like, again, the mid range play that this card would encourage you to do where it's like, oh, I have a deck full of creatures and removal spells. Right. Like, I, I hope we get to do that. I would like we'll it. We'll see. We'll see. I would also like it. All right. Next up. Oh, I also like the fact that the names are referring to places that like I vaguely know of from other sets. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, this is a uh, Jadar Ghoul Caller of Nephelia, like Nephelia Drownyard, right? Uh-huh. This is two mana for a one-one legendary human wizard. At the beginning of your end step, if you control no. Creatures with Decayed create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with Decayed. So this is um, different Ophiomancer. I don't want to say bad Ophiomancer, but different. Probably uh, That was the one that made snakes? It's, a three, it's two and a black for a 2-2 make a 1-1 one, one snake yeah. with Death Touch if you don't control any snakes. Yeah. like I feel like Ophiomancer is better. Mm-hmm. But this does just give you a constant stream of fodder to sacrifice. It gives you a constant way to pump your champion of the parish every turn. It does. And it triggers on your end step. So you get to um, swing with your decayed stuff and then it goes away and then you replace it. Yeah. But like you get it like the turn you play it. Yeah. Right. It's not like you have to wait till your upkeep like you're. Your zombie that can't block, like you said, is ready to attack the following turn. Yeah. Um, I also like to think that he woke this zombie up with the ghoul caller's bell. Oh, yeah. A jigga jigga jigga. Yeah. And he woke up. No, I think this is this is good. Like, it's weird that it's that he's a human. Because you would want like this to be a zombie. And like a deck with 
you know, a zombie lord and stuff for him to also get pumped. Yeah. But all in all, like, I think it, like, could fit in a zombie deck or just something where you, like, need fodder to sacrifice stuff all the time. Like, here's always something that you can, like, you know, have a creature to, like, feed to a village rights. Yeah. Or a deadly dispute or whatever. Yep. Or a plum. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, plum makes decayed stuff pretty good, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Cause you, like, I didn't even think about plum. Get to cash it all in. Yeah. Plum also works really well with this card. It does. So This is uh, The Meat Hook Massacre. A wild so, name. Pretty awesome name. It's uh, X Black Black for Legendary Enchantment. And when it enters the battlefield, each creature gets Neg X, Neg X until end of turn. And whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses a life. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you gain a life. Yes. So it's kind of like a split up blood artist. It's, yeah, it's a split up blood artist attached to like a bad an air quote sweeper yeah well so um infest or crowded carnary name is three mana for neg two neg two right this is four mana for neg two neg, for two. neg two neg two right like languish is four mana for neg four neg four right so it's like the sweeper side yeah. of it is fine but not great yeah Right, but then you do get this blood artist that you can't interact with, the the way you would interact with any of the other like cards in that deck. Right. So on one hand, you know, not great that you, um, that it's not a creature for this creature synergies, but also just makes it hard to deal with. Yeah. So um, we'll we'll give credit to this um. So, like, on Arena Decklist, they had mentioned, like, oh, like, for the Vesperlock combo. Right. Right. Here is just, like, hey, I play this on turn two. You can't kill it. I combo you out on turn three. Yeah. With One of the things that they had said is, like, this lets you play Blood Artist without having to be a Blood Artist deck, which makes a lot of sense. It lets yeah. you, like, build the deck differently. When you start like having a uh, blood artist in your deck, you don't want blood artist to just be like a dead card until you find your combo. You need it to be something. And this lets you not have to build your deck that way where this can be the only of this effect in your Vesper Lark combo deck. Like the rest of your deck could be control and Vesper Lark combo, like just kind of turns into splinter twin Yeah, where you play a control game until you know, you assemble the combo and then you just win. Yeah, and like it being a bad sweeper, it still is a sweeper. Right. Right? Like, and we were talking in the pre-show, like we both play like Orcus in our like uh yeah. like Rakdos decks in like standard twenty twenty two. And Orcus is a worse sweeper than this. Oh yeah. Right, so like I would spend five mana with Orcus to get neg one, neg one. Right. And sometimes that's all I want to do when I win the game because I do it. Yeah. 
right? This does that job better than like mm-hmm. Orcus, which seems like reasonably playable, but then also has the backdoor of like, oh, I can just kill you by sacrificing stuff. Yeah. So, like, it's a weird card because it's like seemingly doing two like unrelated things. Yeah. Right? Where they go together because, like, oh, you're going to kill their creatures. You're going to kill your creatures. But, like, the fact that it stays yeah. around. Yeah. And the fact that, like, uh, oh, mm, could you? And, oh, yes, right. So the fact that, like, you gain a life for each creature they can, they control that dies. Yeah. Right? You're a control deck. You take a beating early on. You make and then turn you five. And you're, like, kill four of your things. I'll gain four life, albeit, you know. 13 yeah 12 13 you have no board cool i guess we're done here you can never win now so i mean it's a cool card i dig it yeah no it is it is good yeah all right so hello power creep how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, pretty good. How are you? Yeah. Yeah, so Slaughter Specialist is one in a black for a vampire warrior. That's a 3-3. Three, three. A 3-3. Three, three. And it's 2022 or 2021, soon to be 2022. Yep. So we tried to balance it by giving it a downside. So when it comes into play, each opponent makes a 1-1 white human creature token. Mm -hmm. Okay. But also because it's 2021, we had to give it an upside too. (laughs) So it gets bigger for eating that token. Yes. So whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, put a plus one, plus one counter on Slaughter Specialist. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. So... This seems like ridiculously pushed. Yeah. So I have in my notes here to tell all of you listening to this, that if this is cheap, you need to pay attention and pick some up. Um, I think vampire aggro is pretty close just in this set. And we are only going to get more in the next set. So any of these random vampire pieces that look remotely playable when they dip because the deck isn't quite there yet, you need to pick them up. And this, like this card in particular, really isn't going to see play, I don't think, outside of like whatever this vampire aggro deck is. But, you know, if this card comes out and isn't getting put into any deck lists and ends up being a quarter, and then when uh, Crimson Vow comes out and this is a four of and the best aggro deck in the format, and all of a sudden is three dollars, then you know, you just you just made out like a bandit. Yeah. Um also this in the like meat hook massacre. Oh yeah. That's great. Right? Now you have a blood artist effect that anytime they have to block your now well, the following turn your four four that you paid two mana for. Mm-hmm. They lose a uh you gain a life as they like you know, as their board get uh, gets whittled away, and you're right. also doing other things to apply pressure. Yep. Right. Like, 
Now, where this card kind of falls down is, let's say you play the, I think we're going to talk about it, the the one, the the red 2-1. Yeah. Right? Like, the 1-1 one, one that you that you give your opponent is a real, it's a real downside. It is. Right? Because uh, it can trade with it. But, like, if you go, like, to older formats, like the, from Ixalan, the, the Vampire Lord on 2. Mm-hmm. Right, so you play like a one mana two one, you play the Lord, and then you play this. Like now, it's not a downside. It's just like, all right, you've got to kill one of these things, or you got to. Yeah, I mean, you can also swing before you make the one one. Yeah, and they just can't take three over and over and over again. Right. Remember the two mana four. Ask any Delver player how many times your opponent can take three. Yeah. Uh, remember all the two mana like four threes that we got that were like discard a card right or uh oh when it, it dies die. your opponent makes two treasures yeah and it's like oh this is awful this is just like this seems playable yeah we've come a long way yes for sure all right now to red yep uh this card is unreasonably good Right? That's the same thing I thought. <laughs> this card is unreasonable. Yeah. All right. So I'm talking about cath- uh, Cathartic Pyre. Yeah. This is one of the red for an instant. It's an instant. Uh, Cathartic Pyre deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker. Mm-hmm. Or you can, ha- you can discard up to two cards and then draw that many cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, it's literally never dead. Right. It it has the, like, modes of reasonable removal spell. Yeah. Plus, can also just be, you were up to no good. Yeah, so this is, like, this sets Fire Prophecy, Scorching Dragon Fire, Dragon's Approach, whatever. Like, the two-mana... Mm-hmm. three damage removal spell this is the one for this set at instant speed and it also tacks on like some portion of faithless looting but you don't have to like you can choose how many cards like if yeah. you only have one other card in your hand you can still cast this whereas like cathartic reunion was the version of this that was just two mana like discard two draw three mm-hmm. but you could never cast it unless you had you know, two other cards in your hand. This, you you can have one other card and, you know, still make use of it if it's kind of a dead card. Yeah, it's... it's and this hits Planeswalkers. Like, those yeah. removal spells don't hit Planeswalkers. Yeah, it's so good. Like, you just don't understand the, the ability to... So think about all of the, like, unburial rates, like, you know, discard some stuff, then, like, Nivix Mastery... Or bring back the stupid Sphinx and then like cast a big spell, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes on turn two, you were getting beat down and you just like wish you could kill a creature. Right. This does that. Other times, it's just like, oh, I guess I'll do my combo stuff. And I'll just yeah. card some cards and draw some cards. Right? Like the fact that it has that flexibility, it's like... Think about a braid. Now, a braid has flexibility because yeah. it fills, like, two slots in a sideboard. 
it's your yeah. creature removal slot and your artifact removal slot. But like this is your creature removal spot plus your like filtering slash like you know combo like this is your combo right. enabler for graveyard compost stuff. Yeah. And it also kills something. Like this feels like it almost could take like spots away from like cathartic reunion. I think in, so, like, yeah. In like in dredge. Right? Yeah. Or um what was that stupid card? Tormenting Voice. Or Thrill of Discovery? Because they're white. Oh, now, yeah. yeah. Right? So it's like, so I don't have to torture my mana. Right. And I get the protection of, like, I discard the cards after the spell. I know the spell resolves. Right. I get one less card, but I have the flexibility of, like, I can kill your Voidwalker. Game mm-hmm. one. Yeah, whereas and, you wouldn't be able to otherwise. Yeah. So, like, I have a way to answer your Voidwalker. Still can't answer your stupid uh, Invec creature that's pro-red. <laughs> but I can answer your Voidwalker, or I can, like, actually play my combo game. Yep. Right? Like, that's just not okay. No. This card is very good. Yes, it's kind of cool that like a lot of these cards we're talking about aren't necessarily rares or mythics too. That's kind of yeah. nice for a change. Yeah. Um. Hey, here we go. Falcon Wrath yeah. Fighter. What does this one do? I think I already spoiled it, but. Yeah, it's a single red mana for a two-one vampire warrior, and you can pay one and a red and discard a card and sacrifice a vampire to draw two cards, but only if an opponent has lost life this turn. So again, pay attention to Vampire Aggro. If this is cheap, pick them up. That card, or that almost certainly will be a deck, and I don't think all of the pieces are quite there for it yet. Yeah. Yeah, and like, one mana, two ones are just good. Yeah, I mean, that's what every mono red deck wants ever. Yeah. Like, was it Shadows? We had Falcon Wrath Gorger. It yes. was a red mana for a 2-1 that gave your vampires madness, but the decks that played it didn't play any like discard spells. They just played it because it was a jackal pup. Yeah, no, this is this is like where this could like live. Even if it's not a even if a vampire deck doesn't happen over yeah. the course of two years, probably a mono red deck will happen. Yeah, well, I have a feeling the vampire deck will happen. Oh, There's yeah, another think... card that we're gonna talk about that's gonna push it right over the edge. Yes, I agree. All right, light up the night, which, okay, like, help me out real quick. I'm looking at a great big picture of Chandra. Right. Did they have a Chandra Planeswalker? Did I miss it? (laughs) She was in the story, I guess, from what I heard. So she was in the story. There was also another Planeswalker that I saw in one of the cards, and I'm like, yo, this person's not not a card either. Yeah, like Kaya, be... I think, is in the yes! in the story, but Kaya. not in the set. Like, usually it was like, yo, if we put if we put like a planeswalker like in a card, they are yeah. a card. Well, I mean they're prob- they're saving the Mardu planeswalkers for the vampire set because those are vampire colors. Fair, fair, fair. Okay. So I guess we do get two in a Shroud set. So I guess that, that works out. Yeah. Because I guess and we also have, like, like this thing in front of Chandra is like a person with pig ears. Is that what that is? No, I think that's like her 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 skirt uh, going okay. past him. 
I think he's just a dude. Yeah. He's about it to looks get like a pig ear. Yes, it kind of does. He's about to get roasted. But, yeah. um, all right, so light up the night. Now we've done our little art and, and story <laughs> story sideline here. Is uh, red and an X for a sorcery. Yep. Light up the night deals X damage to any target. It deals X plus one instead if that target is a creature or a planeswalker. Okay, so it's kind of Banefire? Kind of the... Oh, gosh. I I had the name of it, and I forget it. Remember the card from Cons that was X deal X plus two? Like red and X deal X plus two? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, where, I don't remember what it was called, though. Yeah, where it like had the fallback of like shock. Yeah. But also, um, it could like be an expel. Right. So this like has the fallback of just like a ping, a needle drop, basically, or I can't think of like a one yeah. damage red spell. Right. Uh, was it Spikefield Caverns or whatever? Spikefield Hazard. There we go. Yeah, that's it. So it's Spikefield Hazard, but then it also is Banefire. But there's more. There is more. Uh, three Flashback for three in a red. Remove X loyalty counters from among planeswalkers you control. If you cast this spell, X can't be zero. Mm-hmm. And then you basically, you just dome them for how many loyalty counters are on your uh, planeswalkers. Right. Um, I don't like this needs to see if this is going to see play, it's going to be in some sort of big red deck mm-hmm. and big red decks need like a big red planeswalker to fuel them. Mm-hmm. Now I don't, there was a big red planeswalker in adventures in the forgotten realms, but I have no idea what it's called or what it does. So I'm assuming two, it's not it's very good. Two red, red. I think I don't know what the loyalty is, but plus one is your creatures get plus one plus O in haste. Zero okay. it makes it makes it a devil. Or two okay. I think it makes a devil. Right. When it dies, it deals one. Yeah. And then I don't know what the I don't know what the minus was. It but wasn't very those good. Those aren't like abilities that want to be in a big red deck though. No, it wasn't very good. Yeah. So this probably needs like a big Chandra to mm-hmm. um, Obviously, judging by the artwork, that's what it wants. But like this card reads that way also, where it just wants a big Chandra to drain out and like finish your opponent off. Yeah. So we'll I mean, see where it sits after next set. You could also see this in like, remember years ago now, like Gruel Monsters, mm-hmm. right? Like you have, like, like you've got Ren, Ren and Seven. That we're gonna talk about. Yep. I'm sure. Yep. You've got. Um, Oh, what's his name? Goldspan Dragon. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if you can get to those, if there's ways to ramp to those creature, to those things, right? Now you're doing, like, big, powerful things a turn or two early. Yeah. And, like, Ren's going to let you put Light Up the Night in your graveyard. Yeah. And then, like, you know, I'll kill my Ren and my Chandra and 13 you. Yep. And then you just win the game that way. So, no, this is, it probably doesn't have a home now, yeah. but in the future it could. But I think it, you're right. It does, it's just not a Raleigh powerful card. Like, yeah. Fireball's not a playable constructed card anymore. Right. And this is basically just Fireball. Well, like, Banefire saw some play while it was legal and standard. It did. And 
conflagrate sees play in dredge yeah, and this but, is like some amalgamation of the two yeah like but conflagrate like I, you know i know conflagrate's different because you can like fill your hand up with life from the loam but i was gonna say that the difference is like conflagrate you're using a resource you always have in yeah, theory which is like true. your hand where yeah. this is you have to play another card to get the yeah. resource that you need to feed it which makes it harder right yeah. where like you know conflagrate you're doing a you're like worst case scenario you get to draw one resource every turn that you could feed to your conflagrate without right. doing anything else in your deck but if you if it is a situation where you are getting to play like a big planeswalker or two then this and then this just becomes like kill you yeah then i think that is that is super interesting where you just get to like finish someone off from 10 or 12 or whatever. Yeah. All right. Play with fire. Yeah. You want to talk about some power creep? Yeah. Uh, Shock's been good since when? Uh, Forever. No, Shock wasn't in the, Shock was fixed lightning bolt. Right. Cause wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the, it's the goblin getting fried was the first time it was printed. Yeah. Like Odyssey or something, or Stronghold, or yeah, one of those. Yeah, so basically forever, Shock's been a okay. Yep. Now we have Play with Fire. <laughs> so Play with Fire is a red for an instant. Play with Fire deals two damage to any target. Sounds a lot like Shark Shock. Yep. If a player is dealt damage this way, scry one. Awesome. So it is, again, strictly better shock. Yeah. And like in a burn deck where you would want, you know, whatever the set's shock is, clearing the top of your deck from a not a burn spell is what you want to do anyway. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, it might not be the best use, but like you keep a one lander. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to play with fire my opponent at the end of their turn. Yeah. To try to find a land. Or, right. or if you've got two of these, you hit them at the end of their turn. If you don't see a land, you do it during your upkeep. Yeah, just to make sure you have a land. And then yep. like later in the game, like you said, it's like, well, they're at five. This will put them to three. And then I yep. can put a land to the bottom. I can put right. a not deal three to the bottom. Right. And then, yeah, like this is, it's just shock, but better. Mm-hmm. But better. Worse art, but yeah, definitely worse art. Like, <laughs> not a fan, but all right. Um, we have we'll uh, raise the effigy is a red mana for an instant, and it's modal. You get to choose one. You either destroy target artifact, or you give an attacking creature plus two plus two to end a turn. Yeah. So. so it's- I kind of think this would fill like a similar role that would we have Embrith Shieldbreaker in mm-hmm. uh, Throne. Like this is kind of that where, you know, you bring it in and out of the sideboard if there's some artifacts that you want to hate and fail case is it makes one of your nerds bigger. Yeah, like it gets you through or it like saves a creature in combat. Yeah. Right, where it, it's basically it's, almost never dead right if you're like a yeah red it's a utility deck, spell that's never dead yeah if you're a red aggressive deck it's like like i said i need a shatter 
But oh, they didn't draw their artifact that I'm worried about. Right. But two more damage kills them. Right. I guess I have that two damage in my hand. Right. Like, again, this is one of those. It's like. Like, this could almost be, like, eternal playable, right? Like, if you're, like, a, close. a red aggressive deck in, like, older formats, you're just like, well, I like the idea of having a shatter for one yeah. less matter mana. Right. But I also like the idea of sometimes just pumping my guy. Okay, yeah, well, I'll, I'll play this. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they're also at, like, not burning man, almost like burning dog. <laughs> or, or, or burning werewolf. It's a, it's a wicker wolf. Nicholas Cage is there. That's right. Yeah. All right. We have our Phoenix for the set. Yeah, I think this is a good one, too. All right. So what do we got? It's a Sunstreak Phoenix, two red red for a 4-2 Flying Phoenix. If it's neither day nor night, it becomes day as it enters the battlefield. And whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, you pay one in a red. And if you do, return it from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. This is probably the best Phoenix we've had since Rekindling Phoenix. Mm, I think. Maybe. No? So, I I guess we haven't any... I don't know. What was the... The Escape Phoenix was good. It was different in fact it was like yeah. aggressive. But... It went in a different deck than this does though, I think. Yeah. Like, you're seeing this as like a mid-rangey value kind of thing. Yeah. Um... I guess, like, Rekindling Phoenix... Hmm. Like, the fact that it came back with haste was a big deal. That's true. Right? Like, you know, like, this comes back... Let's say at the beginning of your opponent's uh, turn, right? Mm -hmm. You cast two spells. You have up two mana still. This comes back. And then they get to attack around it. Uh, and like then it's susceptible to, to any kind of sorcery speed removal because it has to be on yeah. the battlefield right like if it comes back on your turn it doesn't get to attack or block right if it comes back on their turn it gets to attack on your turn so like I think it is good as like a like you're thinking like a okay I'm going to trade this thing off on turn four mm -hmm. and then maybe on turn six it'll go day to night and I'll get to get it back and then I'll get to trade it off again. But like Rekindling Phoenix, it, since it got haste, like it can also close the game faster. Yeah, like Rekindling he Phoenix, you could stop with a second removal spell or a sweeper or something, though. Yes, yeah. you can't. Or like, uh, was it Chain Whirler or whatever, like cleaned up. Yeah, got the egg. The elemental. Like this has to be Graveyard Hate. It does. Where Rekindling Phoenix was vulnerable to both. Yeah. So, no, I think I thought it, it was is, pretty good. It is, it is. I, it's just hard because, like, I don't feel like we've been able to play this kind of magic for a long time. I know, but I love this kind of magic. I know, <laughs> but it's just, it's just like, what are we allowed to play? Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Oh, which makes it hard. Yep. All right, I guess we are to green now. We're into green. We're at like um, the two-thirds mark, I think. We're at the two-thirds mark? <laughs> Maybe three-quarters. I Gosh, I haven't even looked to see how long it is. All right, let's see, let's see how long it is for everyone at home. They already know. 
Okay, we're at two hours. All right. Said Lynn, ladies and gentlemen. Pack yep. a snack. All right. <laughs> um, Autumn, uh, Augur of Autumn. One green green for a two three. You can look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play cards from the top of your... You may play lands from the top of your library. So, Corsair of Grufix. Without the game life, but Without yeah. Without the game, yeah. Basically. But it has Coven. It as does. long as you control three creatures, three or more creatures with different powers, you can cast creature spells from the top of your library. So, it is like... What was the Realm Walker? Cross, uh, with, yeah. Cross with Corsair. Yes. Um. I mean, if you can turn on Coven, like it's very good. Mm-hmm. It does. Well, lack- I mean, three mana, two three, like draw a land every third turn is pretty good. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's I should say it is great if you can both land and coven, right? Because presumably you're a, a creature heavy deck, so like when you get in that yeah. awkward like coarser thing where like you would like play a land off the top and see a land, yeah, and then you would draw a card and there'd be a spell on top, and you're like right. I really wish I could play a card off of my coarser. This would yeah. let you clear that top card and then maybe get your land. Right. right, then it's just like, oh, I'm drawing two cards a turn off the top of my deck. I yeah. guess I can't lose ever. Yep. I think, like, it's missing, like, like one thing that you could do with Realm Walker is, like, it could be how you rebuilt after a sweeper. Where yeah. you're like, oh, hey, like, I'm elves and I got swept, but I can Realm Walker and then maybe play two elves off the top and now I have a deck. Or yeah, a you can't do that with this. Yeah, because you have to have the battlefield to then build your battlefield. But yeah. just like, you know, the playing the lands off the top is is a reasonable strategy. And like, also, this this doesn't say play with the top card of your library revealed. This is true. So, so you, still- you look at it, not your opponent. You're not giving away information. Yeah. This is a, this is a card that, again, like, you know, pro pro tip on playing it. Like in you, you play this card on turn four, like almost exclusively, yeah. because you want to try to hit that land off the top. Yeah, you want to get your card out of it. Yeah. Um. And like Corsa was a two four. Yeah. Which like in this set would be like really good. Yes. Because there's so many three twos running around, so this still trades with a lot of stuff, but not. But I don't think that's like a huge knock on it. Yeah. Again, like, if we could play the kind of magic where, like, a courser mattered, that would be great, thanks. <laughs> that would be great. That'd be so much fun. I think this card's interesting, though. It is. It is. Like, like its fail case is still, like, something that has been a playable card. And when it's, like, fully powered up, it's just kind of bonkers. Yes. All right, what's this one here? It's not tireless tracker. It's more of a tire tracker. Yeah, this is Briar Bridge tracker. Uh, two and a green for a two three human scout with vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, investigate, which means you make a clue token. And as long as you control a token, uh, Briar Bridge tracker gets plus two plus zero. Oh. 
So um, it's a uh, when it enters the battlefield, it's a uh, three mana four three with vigilance. Yeah. So we talked about green stompy. Yep. Yeah, this high high green stompy card. <laughs> like this just goes in like a green stompy deck. Like yeah. now, there's a ton of like competition at at the three mana slot. Yeah, it seems to be the choke point for the the mono yeah. green decks. But like I don't know if you like this plus um what's he called old growth troll. Yeah. Right. You just have all these three mana four powered things that replace themselves, and you just you know, oh you swept me oh boo hoo I guess I'll make another four four and then still have a card like in the bank for later. Right. Right. So like it just feels like. Green's just gonna have all these big things that you can just never work your way through. Yeah. Right? With like pack leader. Yep. Like, oh, I got to attack with two things. Oh, I guess I get to draw a card. Right. Right. It just seems like those decks are just never gonna run out of gas and have yeah. perfect mana. Yep. So yeah, no, I think this card is good. Yep. It's I mean it's not like it plays a different game than Tireless Tracker did. It does. It's, it's Tireless Tracker was a mid-range card and this is more of like a stompy aggro card. Yeah, where like you just get you get free rolled getting the card getting the uh the card back and you never yeah. have to like and again like in my old growth troll example, right? You can like if you sacked the clue and then brought back an old growth troll with one of these out then you have a token from the old growth control. So this right. is still a four three. Yep. So it doesn't have to be the clue. Right. All right. Um, Sarith. Yeah. Sarith, the Viper's Fang. It's right. a two green, green for a three, four human warlock. And when you read this card, it looks like an EDH card. Yes. But I don't think it is. Um, it says other tapped creatures you control have death touch other untapped creatures you control have hex proof and you can pay one and tap it to untap another target creature or a land you control. So we had a couple people in discord talking about the Finn, the fang bearer deck. Yes. With, that's what I was like, thinking was Finn. Yeah. Yeah. With, was it the hood death blade hood or hooded, hooded, hooded fang? fang? Yeah. That's the one. And that's rotating out, so you needed like another death touch thing. Mm-hmm. And I think this is another way to make Finn good for that death touch deck, where yeah. it just makes all your attackers have death touch. Plus, it protects like anything that's not attacking, and then also does a reasonable like mom impression. Yeah, when it's not attacking itself, it can save something from like a removal spell or whatever. Well, I almost feel like it would never attack, right? So you could keep up. Yeah, the no, yeah, I don't think it would. Right, yeah. So you just are like, okay, you this always has to eat a removal spell. Yeah. Before anything else can. Yep. And then, like, even then, you know, they untap a creature, and I'm I'm assuming many of their creatures will have death touch anyway. Right. And then you. So then you can't attack. Mm-hmm. Um, would this like? Could you make like a ty- tribal like double strike deck? Oh, maybe that'd be interesting. Where 
you're like you play this with like you're like with your fin or whatever and you're just like yeah and it's like if you don't block you just take 10 infect right now yeah like i don't know what colors it has to be like it has to be either red or white so you get the uh whatever that guy is we get the 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 core the core guy dual master or dual uh or what is it the one that saw play in winota the hybrid, 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 hybrid. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking well, that would definitely do it. Um, yeah. But I was thinking like there's the one on the white one one that has double strike. Uh, oh yeah, that like gives all crypt creatures double strike. And then you also have, um, I think they have like a new fencing master in this set that has something that has double strike, and then okay. like disturbs into something. But yeah, like where you just try to like lean into Finn and like double strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, this is interesting. We yeah. have learned that cards that read like commander cards <laughs> uh, are busted. Speaking of cards that read like commander cards, did you hear they banned Golos in commander? I did. The commander card that was too good for every format, including commander. Yes. Yes. I guess we can't play this in anything really. Cool. Uh, hey, I mean, the C's play in vintage, so it does. It does. There, there are <laughs> legacy decks built around Golosing. Yep. So there we go. All right. Is it? Is this your? Uh, this is your ultimatum. My ultimatum. Yeah. It's a little spin the wheelie, but yes, it is kind of an ultimatum. Um, Storm the festival. Three green, green, green. Look at the top five cards of your libraries. Put up to two permanent cards. With mana value five or less, or among them, onto the battlefield, and I put the rest on the bottom. And it has flashback for seven green, green, green. Yep. I mean, it's really hard to miss. Yeah. Like it's either like a really bad ramp spell, or like you put ten mana worth of stuff on the battlefield. Right. And if it's and then really- you get to do it again. Yeah, if it's a really bad ramp spell, you just get to do it again. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I uh, remember Master of the Master of the Unseen. The manifest thing. No, that maybe it's maybe it's the wrong card. Uh, Master of the Unseen was one in a white and lots okay, of manifest no, like, things. It was like four green, green. Look at the top six. Put a uh, permanent uh, a creature oh, card um, in play. Unwritten. See the unwritten. See the unwritten. Yep. And then if you had ferocious, you got to like put two or something. Yeah. Like I've been trying to make that card work. That card worked. I played the hell out of that card. But it didn't have like the mana value restriction. Right. Right. If it didn't have the mana value restriction, a plus good times. Yeah. But it is like. It's I was using not- that to find Doomwake Giants. <laughs> Doomwake Giants. There we go. <laughs> but see, like Doomwake Giant, was that six or was that five? Five. Okay, so you could Doomwake Giant with a storm storm the festival. Yep. Um Yeah, like I I guess I don't know what the fives you'd like put in. Like Doomwake Giant was a five you could put in and then catch yourself up. Yeah, like there's not like a massacre girl, is there, or something similar? Mm, I'm not sure. They could like come in and like you know stabilize your board. 
Yeah, I don't know. But like, I mean, that's kind of what we said about um. Oh, that card that got banned from Throne. Card that got. Yeah. Fires. Four, four, no, yeah, fires. Said so that card's only good if there's good five drops, and it turns out it didn't matter how good the five drops were. They were free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess, like, I guess if you got like two Cavaliers, yeah, like this would be great. So, yeah, we'll have to see because, like, maybe just two fives is enough. And like, even if you're this hits Planeswalkers, so you get like Ren and Seven. Is Ren and Seven five? Yeah. Or, okay. Three green um, green. Yeah, if you cast this and hit Ren and Seven and Lol, like you're in a pretty good spot. Well, I was thinking your uh your blue green and like you like hit Quandrix Cultivator. Yeah, that too. Right, like that's not like the thing you wanna do, but it's like here's a blocker that gets me a land and then I get something else. And yeah. by the way, uh now I'm like closer to doing this in the following turn. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, it could. I guess, like, I guess it depends on the counter spells. Right? The mm -hmm. fact that it's a sorcery, like, if you just do it and it gets countered, then you feel super dumb. Yeah. But I guess, like, that's the same, you could say the same thing for the ultimatums, and then it just didn't matter. Right. So, yeah. No, we the, can... the ultimatums, you couldn't cast a second time. Yeah. Yeah, so we this could get there. Because, like, Ren is a good hit. Same with Lolf. Or even, yeah. like, not that you'd want to, like, be able to play Kaya, but, like, even, like, Kaya is reasonable. Yeah. All right. Uh, Willow Geist. Yeah, right. I thought this card was kind of unique. Uh, maybe not so much for standard, but we'll see. This mm -hmm. is a green mana for a 1-1 one -one Treefolk Spirit. It has Trample. That's right, 1-1 one, one Trample. Get and whenever one or more cards leave your graveyard, put a 1-1 one, one counter on Willow Geist. And then when Willow Geist dies, you gain life equal to its power. This is just kind of nuts with Delve creatures, right? Uh, no. Why not? So you would get one counter. It's oh, one or, or more. more. So, yep. so you don't get to, like, you know, Gurmag and, yep. like, put five counters on it. Yeah. But All right. it's good with scavenging ooze. Oh, that's true. It's also good with our one on the white three two. Yeah. Right? Exiles like, the card whenever it attacks. Yep. Or when it comes into play. So like let's say yep. they have like an evolving wilds for some reason. Yep. They're like, crack my evolving wilds. And you're like, okay, cool. Put in my thing, eat your land. Yep. And then like you play. Oh, it's also card. good with um the dragon from Kaldheim. Emerson oh, Predator. Yes. Ooh, you can jund him out. You can jund him out. When in he, doubt, jund him out. He got your Tarmogoyf yeah. for one less mana? Yeah, hey. Yeah. I think this, like, it takes work, but I think it could be good. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Renin 7. We've talked about this before. Just one more quick time. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Ren is a planeswalker who wears trees as mechs <laughs> basically renin six was his sixth tree mech i think it's a she she okay 
I I tried to say not gender them the first time, and then I said his. But I tried. I think it's a she. Okay. And then this is her seventh tree mech. Right. Um. So yeah. Uh, why this isn't like the tree of perdition, or the it's other one? It should have been. It should have been tree of redemption. Tree of redemption. Get get at us. Why isn't it Ren in thirteen? But whatever. Yeah, I mean, I thought it should have been. When I um, saw the art, that's because the art was spoiled before the card yes. was. And I totally, because of like the red leaves and stuff, I totally thought it was going to be one of the trees. All right. So uh, apparently now everyone gets four abilities as a planeswalker. That's just a thing we do more frequently now. Sure. That old uh, five mana planeswalker template needs to be updated for fire design. It does. It does. Is it hot enough? I don't know. Give it an extra ability. (laughs) All right. So three green green for a five loyalty planeswalker Ren. All right, reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all land cards revealed this way into your hand and the rest in the graveyard. Zero, put any number of lands from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. Minus three, create a green tree folk uh, creature token with reach, and this creature has power and toughness equal to the number of lands you control. Mm-hmm. And then minus eight, return all permanent cards from your graveyard to your hand. And you get an emblem that says you have no max hand size. So the plus one really wants you to play like flashback cards. Yes. It wants you to be able to use whatever you're putting in your graveyard. Yeah. Um, The minus three secretly just reads like block a gold span dragon. Yeah. I mean, it protects itself. Yeah. It's probably going to be a five, five. Mm-hmm. And it has with reach. reach. So yeah. it gets to eat gold golds by a dragon. Yep. Um. And then, like the minus eight is kind of just win the game. I don't know that you ever like even really get to minus eight, but you yeah, it basically, is win the game. You may not. Like you're gonna you're gonna make a five five with reach, and then bounce back and forth between one and zero until something deals with your five five with reach. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, the, the token grows. The token grows. It's a star star. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not fixed. Holy moly. Um, I mean, you know, your play pattern could be like minus three plus one minus three. And just get two giant trees. Could be. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's good being like it almost feels like it should be six mana. Yeah. Right. So, like, let me see here. We have Jace on Zendikar with four abilities. Yes. We have, like, was it seven mana green, black Garrick? Yep. When the entire story was centered around seven mana green, black Garrick. Right. I love that card. <laughs> um, We have Chandra with four abilities from when she was when the entire set was about Chandra and her parents right. on Kaladesh. Yep. And then we just have Ren and Seven? Like, did I miss one? Um, abilities? There was a, wasn't there a Lily Threadhorde General? Did that have four abilities? Did she have four? It was I like think there was a Lily that had four abilities. Plus, then sack, and then minus was sack two creatures. Maybe there was. It was 
Plus oh, it has like, static ability. I guess that doesn't really count. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it just seems like, like, stories about Jace, stories about Garrick, stories about Chandra. There was a and, bolus with four abilities. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Story was all about bolus. Yeah. It was bolus becoming a god, give him an extra ability. Yeah. And he costs, like, eight mana. <laughs> so... Like, this could be, like, the top of your, like, green deck. Like, again, like, this is the thing you can, like, slow-co into, is, as people are calling the uh, break into the festival. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think, like... Uh, this is a mid-range card if I ever saw one, but it's also kind of a ramp card. It is. Like, if there's a Simic, you know, Lands Matter rampy deck, this is everything you want to do. Mm-hmm. I think this is, I don't think it's um, World Waker good. Probably not, or you know, it's definitely not like uh, Nissa who shakes the world good. Oh, I'm sorry, that's what I, that's what I meant with shakes the world. Yeah, um, I mean, World I think Waker this is, was also good. Yeah, um, this is probably better than World Waker though. But this is better. I think this is better than the five mana Viv that saw a bunch of play. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That like plus and you like got a creature or a land yeah and you nagged and like killed a flyer or something Fly, flyer enchantment or artifact yeah 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 i mean i think this is better than that yeah like on an empty board i think it just kind of runs away with the game but mm-hmm. it does do a good job of protecting itself because it does make it yeah. a really big token yeah it stabilizes you yeah so yeah i don't know what else we could want from it it is awkward that you just put the lands in your hand. Like, that's usually what you don't want to do, but... Well, but right, you, but then you put them all into play. Yeah, but you do want to, like, somehow get value out of the cards going to your graveyard. Either, yeah. like, you play things with flashback or ways to get those cards back other than, like, the neg eight. Right. Right, like, you want to make sure you can get value out of those cards going to your graveyard. Because like if you yeah. are if you're drawing two if you're drawing two lands and then air quotes drawing two spells because they have flashback, yeah, then then you're doing it. Mm-hmm. All right. We're also still gonna have um, the Agadim's Awakening in standard. Oh yeah, where you could just like use it to like get a bunch of. Stuff so back. you you play this on five and plus it, put some nerds in the bin, and then on six you put all the lands in your hand into play, and then cast a giant Egadim's Awakening. Well, they come into, they go into play tapped. Oh so you yeah, have yeah, wait, yeah. You have great. to wait a turn, but yeah, yeah, you could like wait a turn, like if you went like you know, plus zero, and then plus to try to fill your graveyard, and then like you know, do it for like eight right where x equals five and get back like three creatures or something like then you'd be in a good in a good way yeah you could also plus and then blood on the snow get back something you put in the bin oh yeah like that might be the way to go yeah right you plus then you blood on the snow and then the next like you like plus if the you know if he's not gonna die or she's not gonna die and then you even if they even it does you're just like blood of the snow kill everything bring it back make a tree yeah 
and then like profit. Yep. Okay, what's up next? Colorless cards. Just the one. Just the one colorless card. Yep. Um, this isn't a card I would have picked to talk about. Okay. This was a listener request. It's the Celestis. It's a three mana legendary artifact. If it's neither day nor night, it becomes day as the Celestis enters the battlefield, and you can tap it for a mana of any color. You can also pay three and tap it to cycle between day or night as a sorcery. And whenever it changes from day to night or night to day, you gain a life and you can loot. Yeah. So Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think that a three mana mana rock is where any deck really wants to be. And I don't know how relevant, like having to pay three mana to cycle between day and night is. So I think it's, so if you think about it as, so like for like Historic Brawl, right? There's a lot of three mana mana rocks that get played there. Yeah. And then your three mana mana rock has three tap uh, loot, gain a life. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how great, I mean, it might be fine for Historic Brawl. I don't know how great it is. I think it might be like a Brawl, like, commander thing just because like when you like when you draw the wrong side of your deck just being able to like get through it yeah and there there are some sketch mana rocks that you do end up playing yeah like i played mana geode for a while oh that's a stinker (laughs) it is it is uh but i could see it there but i don't think it's a standard card unless again like we're not thinking of something that just goes giant. Right. Oh, also, what was the light up the night? Was that it? The, the like planeswalker, like fireball? Like, yeah. Uh, Ren. You put it, you put it. Oh, in, yeah. Ren puts it in your graveyard and then you pay three and a red and you like murk your Ren and you deal six. That's so true. You're, like, plus then like make a tree then the next turn like plus attack and then yeah. like five you or something or whatever or however that works out for you or if you have another planeswalker or something so that that could be a use for that because mm-hmm. like it'll gain loyalty relatively quickly yeah okay multicolored cards this one was mine one kitties <laughs> so this is can't yeah what's away. that cat eating I don't want to know. Is it yeah. hopefully? Uh, hopefully, it's just tacos. But um, <laughs> we'll call it tacos. Okay. So can't stay away is black white for a sorcery. Return target creature card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains if this creature would die, exile it instead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what has a mana value three or less? What's that? Storm Herald. Oh, yeah. And it has flashback for three white-black. Now, mm-hmm. this pushes you into white, right? Which, not good. I already looked at uh, the biggest um, white... Uh, enchantments. Enchantments. Not a good selection. <laughs> okay. But, right, you always had this tension of... 
okay, if I if I draw my Storm Herald, I want to mill really hard to get enchantments, right? But then there were times where you didn't have your Storm Herald, and right, you had your 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 reanimation spell, and you're like, well, I guess I'm gonna mill hard and try to do that here. Like you can just mill really hard all the time because you can flip both parts into your graveyard. Yeah. And be able to get back your combo piece. Like a, that deck really didn't get to five mana that often though. It didn't. It didn't. But just saying. Also, yeah. it also gives you the so I started playing for a while um uh revival something. Mm-hmm. The black the white black white black hybrid return a creature mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yeah. Because it was two mana instead of three. Yeah. I was only casting it for black, but it would give you the chance to like stitch your supplier, mill extra cards on turn three. Yeah. And then play your reanimation spell. So like this does give the opportunity to play your reanimation spell. Um, uh, a, uh, like when, and do something else. Yeah, like I played I played Thoughtseize, so like you could let you like Thoughtseize, make sure the coast was clear, and then play your reanimation spell. Mm-hmm. So this was my thought: is you know, if there's a Storm Herald deck, this is another way uh, to like be able to like get both halves in the graveyard and never have to worry about it. Like the the games where you have like only things to mill your deck, but you don't have either piece, right? Right then, you just are like it doesn't matter. I'll like chump block and do whatever, and eventually get there. Mm-hmm. So that's what I thought of when I saw this. I wish it was black <laughs> green and make my life easier, but yes. no, I can't have good. Th- I can't have nice things. No, right. no toys, no toys, and it's a rare, which seems like over the top, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, this card could have been an uncommon. Yes, I like thought it wasn't uncommon. I just realized it was a rare. Yeah. All right. But again, Katie's. All right. This next card's an uncommon. Yes. Yes. What does this do? Uh, This is Faithful Mending. It is a white and a blue for an instant. You gain two life, draw two cards, discard two cards. And it flashes back for one white blue. So it's like color shifted, faithless looting. That also gains you two life. Yeah, so... Um, the fact that it's two then three makes it a little bit harder. Yeah. Right. Like faithless looting was great because it was one. Right. Uh, being two colors also a drawback, but being like, the wrong know, colors is a drawback. Also, a lot of the decks that wanted looting like were red. Yes. Um, I was gonna say, but if you think about what's been happening, okay. What has what happened in historic before they put like you know a quarter of modern horizons two into historic, right? Was there are a lot of like just sky colored decks that were like faithless looting, yeah, or um uh, to fill the graveyard to like do combo stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of them were just sky colored, yeah, right. So this is just like. You know, if you have Faithless Looting, Faithful Mending, and Prismari Command. Yeah, that's an awful lot of looting. 
I promise you, you will find your pieces that you need to have in your graveyard. Right? Yeah. And if you're like looting, then mending gain two life to keep you alive against aggro. And now yeah. you've got looting or mending to flash back on three or cast your Prismari command. Like, it feels like you just like, oh, I drew Prismari command, so I guess I'll loot and kill your kill your creature. So now I definitely know I'll get to like Nivix Mash Mystic's Mastery on yeah. turn four. Okay, cool. So like it feels like it just gives a lot of redundancy to those decks. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they're probably not nearly as good as Throws of Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> but like for those best of one like graveyard combo decks, like this just seems like the perfect thing. Chef's kiss. <laughs> I figured you'd like that one. Yeah. Made sure it was on here for you. I think my mic has just slid slowly further and further into frame. Yeah, I see it every once in a while. It pokes its uh pokes in. Yeah, that's all right. Oh my gosh, he talks into a mic. Yes, he does. That's how that works. <laughs> it's right. not magic. This is the vampire that you think is gonna like do the thing, right? This is the vampire that I think is gonna do the thing. All right. So what does he do? This is Florian Valderan Scion, uh, one black red for a three three legendary vampire. It has first strike. And at the beginning of your post-combat main phase, look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the total amount of life your opponents lost this turn. Exile one of them, put the rest in the bottom of your library, and you can play the exiled card this turn. So it's a decent beater, like a three-mana 3-3 three, three first strike is fine. Yeah. And is also a relevant creature type, and is also probably one of the best bobs we've had since bob probably i mean it's a bob that doesn't hurt you yes it's a bob that makes you hurt your opponent um i think that right like it's awkward because if you play it on three you don't get the you can't play the card right right but like if you play it on four it lets you hit your fourth land yeah sure does right so it's kind of the um expressive iteration Where, like, if you go, like, one, two, three, then on three you play Florian Mm -hmm. and attack, like, you're guaranteed, you should be guaranteed your fourth land drop. Yeah. And then you're kind of off to the races from there. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, think about how much Goblin Chain Whirler, a three-mana three-three. Now, granted, this ETB was good, but the body was just a pain. Yeah, three three first strike for three. Yeah, like that was just a problem. Yeah, I mean we were high on our like invest investigate uh, our our tired tracker. Right? Yeah, it's a four three. Yep, uh, that does not stack up well with a three three first strike. Neither does the two mana three three wolf. No, or or a or a three two, uh, yep. for one in the white. So like yep. the fact that it has first strike, it does a lot. It does a lot yeah. to like make things uh, difficult for your opponent. So yeah, like you have like one vampire one drop, and one good vampire two drop, right. and one good vampire three drop. Right. What you're missing is the second one, the second two, the second three, and then the one like pushed 
four yeah. drop either like planes there's a Walker. second two drop we'll get to it in a minute oh yeah yeah, yeah that one yeah. but like you don't have a ton of like redundancy right. right so that's where you think that the 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 crimson vow the vampire set's gonna fill on those holes i mean it'd be silly if it didn't yes it says vampire you describe <laughs> it as the vampire set not enough vampires what yeah all right hey this thing this thing what does this thing do this is Catilda Donhart Prime, uh, green white for a one-one legendary human warlock, with protection from werewolves. If that was it, it would not be good. Okay. Um, but it gives human creatures you control tap to add one mana of any of this creature's colors, and you can pay four green white and tap it to put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. So. This is kind of cool because it turns all of your nerds into mana dorks, which is something that Cryptolith writes, which was mm -hmm. an enchantment from Shadows did. Um, that card saw play and didn't affect the board at all. Like it won a Pro Tour, didn't it? Or at least yeah. top eight in a Pro Tour, like multiple copies yeah. did. Um, this does that, but is also a body mm -hmm. with a mana sink built into it. And it's also cool because this is a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control so that it scales your whole board evenly and it doesn't mess up any of your coven stuff yeah. because like the humans want to do coven-y stuff anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a Gavany Township on a body that also yep. gives you the mana <laughs> to activate it. Right. So it's it's pretty solid. It's a little yeah. fragile, but like I think it's good. It is. Like there should be enough human shenanigans yeah, to I make humans is. a deck. And I think this probably fits into that as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, Rite of Harmony. Another card that I thought was an uncommon. <laughs> no, they wouldn't make this uncommon. It, it reads like Beck and Call was an uncommon, wasn't it? No, that was a rare. It was? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Rite of Harmony. Green-white for an instant. Um, and whenever a creature or enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. Flashback to green-white. So it's not cast. It enters the battlefield. Right. So if you make tokens, you get a creature for each token that comes into play. You draw a card. You draw a card. Sorry. You draw a card. Yep. Uh, so that's different. Usually these are like, um, on cast on cast. So what do you want to do with this thing? Uh, draw all of the cards. All this of the is cards? like glimpse of nature, but I mean, glimpse is banned in modern. It's like too good for modern. This is another mana. So it kind of limits how hard you can go off with it, but it plays kind of well with the card we just talked about. Just where if you all your creatures mana. make mana, then you just make more of them and then flash it back the turn after. And hopefully you can win after drawing like 12 cards. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, this card just kind of seems nuts. Also, like in Elves, you play the Elvish Warmaster and then like Dwenin's Elite and you draw three cards for 
two mana or four huh. mana, I guess. Solid. So yeah. I guess the the counter to that is what we just talked about, Beck. Right? Like Beck just was never good enough. Well, Beck you couldn't do twice. Fair. But like And made you be like colors that you didn't really want to be. Blue green? Yeah, you didn't want to be blue green for elves or humans. I mean, you don't want to be green white for elves either. Why not? You already are. For what? Sideboard the... cards mostly, but most of the elf decks are green white or abzan. Okay. Um but I don't know. Like it could, I I agree that it is powerful. I just, you know, Again, like I have my my prior of Beck not being good enough, yeah. so I worry that this is gonna fall into the same kind of space. Like it might be that the first time you cast it, you set it up that you get like two cards, mm-hmm. and then like the second time you cast it, you might get like a card. We also have a uh, Gaia's Cradle on a stick in this format. True. Like I think if you go, is she a human? She's not, right? She's an elf. No, it's an elf. Right. But, like, I mean, that and... Right, like, if you go, like, hard mana creatures, like, you could probably get there. Yeah. Um, But then, yeah, you are just going to play, like, an elfy kind of deck. But then it's a question of, like, you know... I guess it doesn't really matter, like, if Blood, blood in the Snow is good or the, like, ridiculous White Wrath that we skipped over. Oh yeah, like six white white, but it like is one less. Less misact, but white. Yes. Yeah. So, like how how good those end up being, or if those decks are playable. Yeah. But like, I think it's more like you might get two cards on the front side and like one or two on the back, which is probably still good. Like it's a draw four. Yeah. So, like I I I just don't know if we're gonna get the ability to just like go off. Yeah. So, but I wish I could figure out, like, what can you do with the enchantments? Like, that just seems weird. Replenish? Yeah. But, like, is there, like, a, there's not, like, a replenish effect, like, in standard. No. We have the, we have the modern cascade replenish. Yeah. Well, well, sorry, suspend. It would only ever get played with cascade, but. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Yeah, like the enchantments just seem know. weird. Yeah, the enchantment is weird. I don't know if like it was like it's green white, so the green is the creature and the white or the the green is creature and white is enchantment. Yeah, probably. The uh the thing that they were did you listen to the Arena Deckless podcast? No. Well, I did. So, I did. I remember this one exactly. Well, they were talking about playing this with the runes. Oh, yeah. So you can just like draw your entire deck. Oh, with Goldspan. Yeah. Yeah, you just. Well, there's another way that you could. There was another way to draw your whole deck with Goldspan. Uh, forget how. Uh, what it was. There's a lot of things that if Goldspan Dragon just like stays not. Uh, stays on the battlefield for a turn, you just win. Yeah. Other than attacking, which also is usually how you just win with it. 
It's like, oh, I went right. gold span and attacked, and then I attacked again. It was great. Um, all right, next up. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe yep. not. Okay, I'm going to let you have this one. I think this card's great. I, I don't know if it has a home, but I love it. Okay. This is Slogurk the Overslime. All right. It's three green blue for a 3-3 three, three legendary ooze with trample. And whenever a land is put into your graveyard from anywhere, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. You can remove three plus one, plus one counters from it to return it to its owner's hand. And when it leaves the battlefield, you return three lands from your graveyard to your hand. Okay. I don't know. I just love it. I think it's great. It gets bigger when you play your fetches or fable passages or whatever. We're not going to have fable passage in this format, are we? Oh, I guess not, are we? Because it was in the core core 21. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Like, I. And there's self mill stuff to put lands in your graveyard. Yeah. Um, you can loot lands into your graveyard. Mm-hmm. You could be like a bant for the the thing. Yeah. The uh, faithless bending. Uh, or is it faithless bending or faithful bending? Some sort of faith faithful. based bend. Faithful. Yeah. All right. It's the opposite of faithless looting. Faithful bending. Gotcha. Um, yeah, like, it's neat. I just don't know if it works. Well, it's kind of sticky. It Once is. Once you build it up a little bit, you can bounce it to your hand, start over again. And it gives you some form of advantage because it lets you bring your lands back. Yeah, it like, does like a... Uh... Oh, gosh, what is it called? Life from the Loam. Yeah. And it's when it leaves the battlefield, so even if you trade it off in combat, you still get some lands back. Oh yeah, you could just like make sure you hit your land drops or have food for uh, whatever, like food. For- um, this plays pretty well with the cycling lands. Do we have cycling? We don't have cycling lands in standard historic. And historic, yeah, yeah, like the one mana cyclers. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know who his best friend is, right? Gitrog Monster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Put a counter on him. Draw a card with Gitrog Monster. Yeah. Do it again. Do it again. Yeah. Then put all your lands back in your hand. Hit your land drops again. That's right. Feed him to the frog. Yep. Is he a... He's an ooze? Yeah, I yeah. guess... He's an ooze, so I guess I, it makes sense that I can't figure out what he looks like. He's just supposed to look like an ooze. Yeah, it's just an oozy thing. The I don't know. Ooze- I thought the card was super sweet. It is super sweet. Like, again, I just I don't know where that, it like, goes or what yeah. it does, but. He's like, this is cool. I don't know if we're allowed to play it. <laughs> I mean, you're probably not, but I love it. I mean, I think back to when we said that, oh gosh, what was it? Uh, Thieves Guild Enforcer. We were like, yeah. this card's cool. I don't know if this is the kind of magic we're allowed to play anymore. And then they just like, then the next set, they just were like, here are like seven busted cards that go with Thieves Guild Enforcer. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I guess we're allowed to play this card now. Cool. So like, maybe they'll have like ways to like fill your graveyard with lands in the next, uh, Anistrad or whatever. Maybe. 
Ah, yes. Teferi who slows the sunset. Yeah, just what we need. Another Teferi. Two white Yay. blue. Legendary creature, uh, legendary planeswalker Teferi. Four loyalties. So, plus one. Choose up to one target artifact, up to one target creature, and up to one target land. Untap the chosen permanents you control. Tap the chosen permanents you don't control. You gain two life. So, again, sneaky backdoor, three mana Teferi. Yep. Now, the... Maybe even less if you're playing some, like, mana rocks. Yeah, or, like, some sort of elves. Like, if you're playing yeah. Bant, you play the the green-white thing, the yeah. green-white creature into this. Yep. Um, your mana's got to do some miraculous things, but shh, fine. <laughs> um... Now the the permanency tap of your opponent is not they untap their next untap step, so it's yeah. not like you ice them over or frost them or anything. So like the plus one to me reads like a tempo card, like you're trying to like get in damage, as opposed yeah. to like gain uh, like long term advantage. Yeah, that's I mean that's kind of awkward though because the rest of the card really doesn't play like a tempo card. Yeah, then minus two is look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them into your yeah. hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any, in any order. So, like, yeah. anticipate. Right. And then you get an emblem, untap all permanents you control during each opponent's untap step. You draw a card during each opponent's untap step. Yeah, basically you get a turn, like, when your opponent gets a turn. Yeah. Which, again, like, leads you to want to play a bunch of instants or flash creatures. Yeah. So, like, I just look at, like, the plus one, like, um, since it doesn't draw your, you a card, it's not as offensive as five-mana Hero of Dominaria. Yeah. Right, because if it drew you a card, then it would just be a three-mana Planeswalker that draws you, pluses and draws a card, which would not be okay. Right. But, like, the fact that you, like, tap your opponent's stuff, like, it almost feels like it's like, okay, I'm going to, like, tap a creature of yours, get in for some damage. And then, um, oh, what's it? And then, like, try to like beat you that way, as yeah. opposed to the pl- my plus is gonna like gain me a bunch of advantage. It's more like it's gonna get a blocker out of the way. Yeah, like the only thing that kind of goes counter to that is if you're playing a tempo game, this probably isn't what you want to spend your mana on on turn four. Oh, I agree. Like, is it, is it something where you, like, it's, like, turn five or six is, like, what you're, like, yeah. trying to, like, finish with. Where you play this, and yeah. then you're, like, all right, play this. Or, like, you play, let's say you play this on four, and you're, like, play this, tap that thing, bounce, like, use the, the mana that you get at the end of the turn, like, bounce something. And then... And then that lets you like attack next turn because they have to. They kind of have to attack this the next turn. Yeah. Right. They can't just leave it alone. Then you like get another blocker out of the way and you get in for five more damage or whatever, and try yeah. to win that way. Like I don't feel like the card's cohesive. Yeah, I don't think so either. Right. Like, because like the minus two and the minus seven go in a control deck. Right. The plus one doesn't. Correct. Right. So like it doesn't like 
you're right that this is what you want to do on turn four in like a blue white skies or tempo deck. Yeah. And it's not what you want to do on turn f- in turn four in a control deck. It just yeah. doesn't fit anywhere. So like I think they made it to Fairy that's not busted. Maybe. I mean the last Teferi wasn't busted. It was annoying. It was annoying. I think this is gonna be annoying too. Okay. What do you, how do you think it plays that it ends up being annoying? I mean it's just Teferi is annoying. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Just the the deck that it's in is annoying. Yeah. It's also kind of weird that like whatever deck you would play this in, traditionally you would play that like two mana timely reinforcements in. But I don't think this deck wants you to play the two mana timely reinforcements. Probably not. Which is weird. Yeah, I mean... I don't know, like... It just... I don't know where the home is. Because, like, if you're playing Flyers, like, you don't need to, like, tap their their potential blocker because they're probably not playing Flyers. Right. Right? And, like, you're not untapping your flyers because you're not blocking with them, right? right. Like, if you're playing, like, a blue-white, like, kind of Skies temple deck, all of your flyers have the Brazen Borrower text, or at mm. least they should, cannot block non-flyers. Yeah. Right? Because you're not blocking. You're just like, okay, I'm going to five you, I'll five you, I'll five you, you're dead. Yeah. Um. So maybe this one turns out all right. I also love that, like... There was the Teferi creature a million years ago. Mm-hmm. And then no Teferis. And we've had four Teferis in the last like <laughs> four years. They're just like, gotta in the have last like two years. Year. Well, Dom- Hero of Dominaria was a while ago, right? I guess it was three years ago. Right. And then you had Time four. Raveler. Then yep. uh, the, the one master. that we had. Yeah. The one that we had 20 copies, 20 versions of. Yeah. And then this. And this one. And it's like, oh, we're just like, now we Teferi all the time. Yeah. I, we, I guess he just fills the blue-white Planeswalker spot. I guess. All right. Here we go. Here's your other vampire. Yeah, this is the other vampire. This one's an uncommon. Uh, vampire Socialite is a black-red for a 2-2 vampire with Menace. When it enters the battlefield, if an opponent lost life this turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on each other vampire you control. And as long as an opponent lost life this turn, each other vampire you control enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it. So it's kind of a cool lord. It uh, mm-hmm. it acts like uh, Metallic Mimic, where the pump stays around after the, the lord is gone. Um, it also plays pretty well with that one mana yeah. vampire, the two one. Because you play that out on one, um, swing in, and then play this thing out on two, and you get to put a counter on that two one. Mm-hmm. And so. then, like the next turn, presumably this gets in because it has menace, right? And then you play like your three three first strike, and it's a four four first strike. Yep. And then you're just like game blouses, like it's just done. You're just like cool, I win yep. now. Yep. So yeah, no, it's strong. I guess I had forgotten about this. Is like, this is another reasonable two drop for uh, for a vampire deck? Yeah, and I didn't look to see like what other random vampires there were 
in standard right now. I know there were some in uh, Zendikar. They were. Um, but, I mean, there's some reasonable ones in Historic. Yeah. Yeah, like, going from, like, black-white to black-red. Because, like, that would, you know, get you the yeah. these two, red, like, these three, like, red vampires, which are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and you also have uh, Night of the Ebon Legion and what's the like Death Touch Lifelink one one Gifted Aether for one. Well, uh, that one also, but there's a one oh. drop one one. Oh, the something of the moon. Yeah, Dire Moon. Yes. Yep. Dire Moon something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like that's all. Those are all like reasonable. And, and Soren. Like, yeah, and like you know, you like attack put the and then like put this into like put in a creature then put this into play off a soren and just mm-hmm. make your whole team huge yep. or like you put you play soren attack then put then put this into play on three put on two put two counters on or whatever yeah, yeah. seems good yep all right our transform cards oh hey the farmhand hey the farmhand so ambitious farmhand one in the white for a human peasant. When it enters the battlefield, search your library for a basic plans card, reveal it, and put it in your hand. And then it has Coven, uh, one white white, transform, ambitious, farmhand. Only activate this creature if you have three or more creatures with different powers. It turns into seasoned Cathar, a 3-3 with lifelink. Yep. Um, um, I think this card is stronger than somebody that isn't well-versed would initially think. Because yes. like in a, in a white weenie deck, you don't want to have a real high land count. It's kind of like mono red where you want to, like your curve stops at like three and you really don't need anything past your third land. So you're going to cut the number of lands in your deck. So this serves to like, let you run a low land count and still hit your third land drop. Yeah. Um, in that regard, a two mana one, one that draws you a land is basically Elvish Visionary. Mm-hmm. And having an Elvish Visionary that you can turn into a 3-3 lifelinker is, seems like nothing but upside. I mean, think about like Knight of the White Orchid, which yeah. is a 2-2 first strike for white-white, so harder to cast, and um, only it put the land into play, but you had to have less lands in your opponent. So right. you, So... To get the effect, you had to play it on like turn three, right? Uh, and like have not played a land drop, where this just always hits your land. Like the ramp didn't matter; it was just getting the land. Yep. And this just gets you the land. And a lot of times, like you know, it's not a great body; it's a one-one. But a lot of times, white aggressive decks just want bodies. They don't really And like care. I said, like when you have extra mana, it turns into a 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. I mean, or like a situation where you're like one drop into, you know, Monk of the Open Hand into Clarion Spirit into this, get your land, mm-hmm. play your land, play a one drop, trigger. And you right. get like the counter, you get the flyer, like, and... That does a lot. So you might be, you know, ambitious farmhand. You might be able to think of them as almost like half a land as well. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to play 
22 lands, maybe you play 20. Yeah. Because you need, you know, two, you need two lands in one of these to like, make sure you can like play magic. Yep. So yes. And like you said, like later in the game, like this just ends up being, you know, you just like fall backwards into a like three, three lifelinker. Yeah. Like, Oh, I flooded out, but I have some creatures, but I'm kind of like stalled. I guess I'll just yeah. flip this. Now I have an attack that I didn't have before. I mean, if you're playing best of one, you might even be able to get away with less than 20. Oh, yeah. You might be able like to. If, you, if your curve stops at three and you're playing four of these guys, like 18, 19 lands, you're probably fine. Yeah, because you'll, you'll get like, you know, spotted two lands yeah. from, the, from the algorithm or whatever. Yeah. All right. Ooh, bereaved Survivor human peasant this reminds me of for some reason i look at this art remember uh the the one mana one one like the noble that couldn't be blocked by things with power three or oh three. yeah i don't know why i was like oh this feels similar right same whenever, color palette i think yes whenever another creature you control dies transform bereaved survivor so it's a two and a white for a two one yeah and then it turns into uh dauntless avenger whenever it attacks Return target creature with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped and attacking. You know what's awesome to return? Hmm. A uh, one on the white, one one that gets you a planes. <laughs> it is. Um, um, I actually didn't really like this card. Th- this is the one that I alluded to earlier that I didn't think was that great. We, okay. we had talked about it in Discord a little bit. Um, I think this is kind of the exact opposite of the last card while they might pair well together uh the last card like just kind of does its thing on its own and enables your deck Mm -hmm. this is something that you kind of have to work towards and i don't know if the payoff is that great especially on a super fragile body yeah like a three mana two one doesn't do enough right right when again that's all it is when it enters the battlefield it's just a three mana two one yeah and then something has to die Right. Like you have to throw something away for it to transform. Mm-hmm. So like, unless you had some sort of like sacrifice synergies where like, you know, you can flip it, but then being a, you know, a three mana three, two also not good enough. Right. Right. Even with the ability, right? Like, so you get back something that died earlier. It's probably yeah. not doing enough. So I think maybe a sweet limited card, yeah. but probably like, even there it might be lacking, but yeah. um, probably not a constructed card. But I am I am here for like this art. Like yeah. I enjoy I enjoy the artwork for some reason. Um, one interesting thing that I just thought of I don't know if it's any good or not, but this does get back both of the Death Shadows. Oh, it does. You play this, and they're like, you got to kill a Death Shadow. <laughs> and they kill one, and you're like, sweet, flip it, get it back. Like, you've got to use another removal spell on this garbage card. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know it, if it's... I don't think it's any good, but... I mean, at that point, like, um, uh, the cats can't stay away, right? That gets back both of your Death Shadows. No, that's power, isn't it? It's mana value. Oh, okay. I thought it was power for some reason. 
Checking. We have the power to go back. Mana value. Okay. So, right, like if the if you wanted the staying yeah. power, like you would yeah. much. I think you'd much rather have that. Like I know, like your your death shadow would get exiled after the fact, but like yeah. you could just bring back another one for five mana. Right. So I guess probably a better place to to do this to a better way to like grind out value with your death shadows. Mm-hmm. But all right, next up, brutal Cathar. A lot of Cathars. Welcome back to to Innistrad. <laughs> All right. So when this creature enters the battlefield or transforms into Brutal Cathar, exile target creature and opponent controls until this creature leaves the battlefield. And it's got Daybound. So it's a 2 and a white, 2-2, two, two, um, basically Banisher Priest. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, the backside is a werewolf that is Moonrage Brute. And it has first strike and it's a 3-3. Three, three, and it has ward uh pay three life. Yeah, I thought this was interesting because it's I think it's the only banisher priest that can take multiple things. Uh deputy. Yeah, but they all had to be the same thing. They all had to be the same thing, yeah. Yeah. Like you could like, you know. I guess like if you play Brutal Cathar and then your opponent doesn't do anything and it becomes Moonrage Brute, then you double spell, then it gets something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of work, but it's interesting. It I mean, like, those Banisher Priests usually see some amount of play. They do. Like they're, again, in this white weenie deck we're talking about, right? Like mm-hmm. this is Skyclave Apparition only for creatures but like think about how many times skyclave apparition just gets a creature right right and this doesn't have like a mana requirement right right you know or doesn't say non-token so you know you can uh get the tree that that your opponents run in seven makes Mm -hmm. and then get in and kill them or you know get their five drop which is stuff that that Skyclave Apparition doesn't do. Yeah. I think that Skyclave Apparition is probably better. Just because it gets I mean, more it, stuff. it depends, like, if you can flip this, like, right away. Because you can flip this right away, right? You play this, and then, like, a one drop, and then it flips. Yeah, I mean, then it becomes just a 3-3 first strike with Ward 3 life. That stole something. No, it only steals something if it goes back to the white side. When it enters the battlefield. Okay. So if you. So it enters the battlefield, you steal something. Right. Okay. So. And then it flips to the brute and then has ward. It has still stolen something. It has still stolen something. Yes. So like if you want it to be the three, three first strike side, then yeah, you could do this then on one drop. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. But it doesn't get to steal something until it flips back. No. Like if you play this. You steal something, and then you yes. play a one drop. On the next turn, it's going to turn into a three three first strike with ward three no, or ward no, pay three life. No, no. So you go if it's day. Oh yeah, I got day and night switched. You're right. If it's sorry, if it's day, yep. it it you can't flip it immediately. So your opponent yep, would have gotcha. to do nothing. Then it would yep. flip the brutal Cathar, or then it would flip the moon rage brute. Then if you cast two spells, 
it would flip yeah. back to Cathar and then get something else. Yep. Right. So Sorry. That's You're fine. right. That's fine. But you, you get one thing, right? Unless yeah. it's night. And if it's night, you just get a 3-3 first strike, which is in an aggressive deck, fine. Right. And then presumably it would get in and then you would cast two spells because that's what you're doing. You're playing mono white. It would flip yeah. back and then it would eat something. So you're, I think you're always going to get one thing. And if you're like, you should probably win the game. Mm-hmm. Once you get your one thing. So I don't know, but these cards definitely see play. Like I said, it is Skyclave Apparition, which is seeing a ton yeah. of play. Right. It's not as good because it can't get Planeswalkers and stuff, but it right. does do, it is a time-honored thing that works well. Yeah, I mean, it's not capped at mana either, so. Yeah. All right. Chaplain of Al- of Alms. Here we go. First Strike. One mana, one one, first strike, ward one. So, like, right off the bat, like, fine. 100% fine. Yeah, I don't know that the ward one super matters on the front side. No. But a one one first striker for one is fine. I mean, it is, I mean, you know, let's say there's another, like, god awful, like, boggles deck. Mm hmm. It makes it a little bit harder for them to kill it. Right. Right. But then it has disturbed three and a white mm-hmm. and becomes Chapel Shield Geist. Ooh. And it's a two one flying first strike, a beating. Yep. And then each creature you control has ward one. And then it has the if it goes to the graveyard exile attack. Yeah. Um like the backside is really good. Yeah, and like I was kind of in this, you know, white weenie deck that we're talking about or whatever. Um, this is another one drop you could play to like double spell for the things that care about two spells. It's not like an embarrassing one drop. And then later in the game, it protects all your things. Yeah. You know, if you're playing, uh, say you end up playing the white adversary to pump your team, it'll not that ward one is a ton, but it'll at least give some protection against a removal spell. I mean, maybe a, a better thing is just you get like, you know, white weenie decks in when you know they go one, two, three, four. Yeah. And then your opponent's like Doom Scar. Right. Well you get to just put Rebuild. a two one flyer like out yeah. of your graveyard and like put pressure on them. Or play mm-hmm. out your hand and then when they have to sweep you again, then you get to play this out of your graveyard and you know they're at four. And they've got a, right. they've got two turns to find an answer. Yeah. So, you know, as a way to like rebuild, I think it's it's really good. Mm-hmm. All right. Enduring Angel. Ooh. A lot of text on this one. A lot of text. It's uh two white, white, white for a three three angel flying double strike. You have hex proof. If your life total will be reduced to zero or less, instead transform Enduring Angel and your life total becomes three. Then if Enduring Angel didn't transform this way, you lose the game. So if you're going to die, this stops you from dying 
and then transforms and puts your life at three. But if your opponent kills this in response to the trigger, you lose. Also, if you have a copy of it, if you've cloned it, clones, they don't have a back. So the trigger would go on the stack and it can't transform. That's the other thing. But yeah, you can just like, the trigger goes on the stack for it to transform and it can just get killed. Yeah. I mean, but it makes them have to have a removal spell. They have to kill you right. and have a removal spell. Yep. Um, and then the backside is Angelic Enforcer. It's a star star flying. You have hex proof. Angelic Enforcer's power and toughness are each equal to your life total. Whenever it attacks, double your life total. Um, this card seems annoying. It seems annoying. It also seems like they didn't stat it right. Yeah. Right. So we have Cathartic Pyre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you pay five mana for your three yep. three, and I was like, oh, I was planning on looting this turn, but I guess I will just annihilate you. Yeah, I'll kill your flying mythic double striker. Yeah, with my uncommon. Right. Cool. And I'll have three mana to do something else. Awesome. Yeah. So that's the only thing I worry about is just like it seems fragile. Yeah, I, right. I really don't know like where it sees play either. Yeah, like you're not gonna play this in the white weenie deck. No, you're not gonna play this in the angels deck. No, like it's I, not a I control don't. furniture because it's too fragile. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you're supposed to do with it. I even feel like it's like fragile for limited. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's. I spent two white, 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 and you gave me three toughness. Well, not only that, but like this could be a blowout unlimited. Like, say, say your opponent doesn't block because they know this thing's gonna flip, and then you just kill it. Like they would have lived if they just like blocked differently. But they're like, no, I'll just, I'll take the damage. This thing's gonna flip. I'll double my life total, whatever. And then you just kill it, and like they die. Yeah, like you, you don't have like the snuggy warm. Like I can't die. It's not like. Uh, angel of grace where like it just got flashed in from the graveyard they flashed it in and then they didn't lose the game like you know they're making decisions based on like oh this is going to flip yeah well i mean even then like you're just like when they whenever they declare no blocks you don't have to get anything you're just like kill it yeah when you declare no blocks and then you just die right so you almost have to block like it doesn't have the text right it's like if they have a removal spell you just die so, yeah, I don't know. This this card seems lacking. Like, I understand that it's a mythic because it has the you can't lose the game. You, you don't lose the game text on it. Yeah. Which, like, automatically makes stuff a mythic for the most part. Yeah. But, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it, like, hit the mark. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it. I don't know what its home is. If it is good, I have no idea where it's good. All right. Somewhere there's an Angel Commander deck that's like, yes. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Oh, hey. Another one mana one one. Another one mana one one. This one's a Soul Warden. Okay. This is a Lunark Veteran. It's a single white mana for a one one human cleric. 
humans matter and clerics matter for whatever that's worth. Uh, whenever another creature enters a battlefield under your control, you gain a life. And then it has Disturb for one and a white, and it turns into Luminous Phantom, 1-1 one, one Flyer. Whenever another creature you control leaves the battlefield, you gain a life. And it has the Disturb text. So, one, this just goes in uh, the, gosh, what is it called? I can't think. I'll think of it in a second. Um, The Valkyrie, the Righteous Valkyrie deck. Yeah. Right. Valkyrie cares. Like, what's he to gain life? Yep. If you play this on one, you gain life for your creatures. Yep. If you play it after you play the Valkyrie, it's a cleric, so it gains you a life from the from the Valkyrie. So yep. it does double duty. Um, both sides. Both, both sides si- are clerics. Both sides are clerics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get it twice. Um, and then, um, you know, it's not a great body, but. Again, like if there's a bunch of sweepers and you be a white aggressive deck, mm-hmm. you can just throw the two one ones that disturb into stuff, and you're just like, okay, you swept me, cool. I will spend my mana to play stuff out of my graveyard and make you answer right. this stuff. Yeah, and rebuild then, my hand while playing out of my graveyard. Yeah, so like it just is gonna. It seems like it gives white decks like, like it doesn't feel like it, but this is card advantage. Mm-hmm. Right, this is just a way to give white card advantage. You're just yep. casting spells out of your graveyard while you rebuild. So, yep. like, this may... It's not an aggressive body, but it's a sticky body. So that might put it into white weenie decks. And then also, like, in Historic, like, they want extra Soul Wardens. Yes. M- uh, mono, like, the mono white life gain deck in Historic once extra soul wardens well right? i mean Even, this would see play over any of the two mana soul wardens that it currently yeah like uh, what's his name daxos like this beats yeah. out daxos because you get to play it on one yeah right like so you get to keep more hands that you go like Soul warden into a johnny yep uh or johnny's pride bank so yeah like i think that i don't know if it would beat out like prosperous innkeeper if you're green white since the innkeeper True. ramps you into company faster. True. But, um, I mean, I don't think that the green-white, like, angel life gain deck is really going to argue about, like, oh, no, I have 12 soul wardens. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to... That's that's fine. Yep. So, no, I think this card has a home somewhere and is sticky and might, you know, might uh, find a home in like a mono white deck, even though it's not super aggressive just because it's sticky. Yep. I agree. Uh, so I've never heard of this card before. Like fill me in. Okay. So this is a Delver of secrets. Okay. It's a one mana, one, one human wizard. Okay. And that's it says at the beginning of your, Oh, did, did you want to add something? I said uh, one mana, one, one, that's not very good, but go on. Yep. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, you can look at the top card of your library and you may reveal it. Okay. If it's an instant or sorcery, you transform it into an insectile aberration. That's mm. a three-two flyer. Hmm. It kind of looks like Jeff Goldblum. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> kind of does. <laughs> uh, um, uh, maybe this could see play in eternal formats. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. So yeah, 
there's no way it's format defining for sure. No, no. I mean, it couldn't possibly have been replaced by a one mana red creature. Uh, <laughs> it becomes a three three flyer. Uh, no, so you know it as formats get older, Delver gets better. Yeah, and um, there's not enough cantrips and ways to set up your library to make this good in standard no i don't i don't think it's going to do anything in standard um the reason i'm highlighting it is because i think it's absolutely insane that wizards of the coast wanted us to have brainstorm faithless looting phoenix and delver in historic yeah uh i think we've talked about it before i think historic is the worst curated set uh like format in magic like it is the set that they get to pick what goes in great right? right. it is the format that they're like what do we want to have in this format what do we want it to be about and i think that at the end of the day it's the the guiding f- principle of the set is how can we separate people from their wild cards as quickly as possible yeah and then rotate the format and then separate them from more wild cards yeah and like yes it makes no sense that you know, Brainstorm, Delver, Dragon's Rage Chandler. Yeah. And then the new Opt. <laughs> right. It makes no sense. And again, Swords to Plowshare, too good. Lightning Bolt, too good. No. Yeah. No, this makes no sense. So, yeah, it... I don't know, like, I think original Delver art is probably better. But, I don't know, this yeah. is just weird. It's different. It I, I think I like the back side of this one, but the front side of OG Delver. Yeah, I mean... But, like, I think if you mix the two, it wouldn't look right either. Because their art styles are too different. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, like, this guy gives off the vibe. I think someone said, like, that it was, like, the other guy was just messing around and then goofed and turned himself into a bug. <laughs> this like, guy was trying to be a bug? Yeah, like this guy like built a whole like uh contraption and then put himself in it and like pulled the lever. Yeah. Right, like he had like a plan. He was like, I wanna be a bug. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Malevolent hermit. One in the white for a human wizard. A two one. It's one in a blue. It's one in the blue, I'm sorry. Yep. There's and then pay a blue, sacrifice it. Uh, counter target non-creature spell unless it's controller plays three has to start for two and a blue and uh backside is a two two uh flying non-creature spells you control can't be countered and again if it dies put it in the graveyard yep put it in um, exile exile i'm sorry um it's getting late folks we're we're pushing yeah. midnight yeah um so like it is a it is a counter spell that your opponent a hundred percent sees coming, right? But like, if you are a say a blue white humans deck, right? It's a wizard. Like if you're like blue white party, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, I can't get doom scarred. You're not getting doom scarred. It's true, right? Like, you know, you play this, and they put like a card in, into exile. Right, they foretell something. You're just like, well, 
I'm keeping up one mana until that card comes out of exile. Yeah. Um, I will never get Doomscarred until they have like <laughs> six mana. And then hopefully they're dead. Because like, you know, a 2-1 is a reasonable beater. Wasn't um, Mausoleum Wanderer like a spirit that kind of did the same thing? You could sacrifice it to counter a spell? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a 1-1, one, one, but it got plus one, plus one when a spirit came into play. And then when you could sacrifice it and they had to pay X where X is Mausoleum Wanderer's uh, power. Yeah. So this is probably kind of similar. Yeah, similar. Um, But I mean, they see it coming. Yeah. You have to keep up mana. But I don't know. I think it fills the role of like, I'm not going to get wrath. Yeah. You know, like, you know, if you do... Again, like uh, a two-powered one-drop or something into this. Or again, we have our Monk of the Open Hand into this, into two Mm one-drops on three. Hold up your blue attack for four. Yeah. Right? Like you've got them under a reasonable amount of pressure. They can't wrath you. Don't get wrathed. Don't get wrathed. Don't get wrathed. Yeah. I mean, and then like if your turn four is, oh gosh, PV, right? Yeah. Right. Now, like, if they had a wrath in their hand, they, you don't get wrathed. Right. If they have a wrath of exile, you don't get wrathed. And you just, like, try yeah. to ride that out. And again, the Disturb lets you just, like, put a reasonable body. After, if, if you do get wrathed, if they do somehow make it to seven mana and you don't kill them. Yeah. Right? Or six mana and you don't kill them. Like, okay, fine. Like, I'll make a 2-2. Is this also a sneaky way to um, force a combo through? Huh. Because you can like self mill it and then cast it. and. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Do whatever you want. Yeah. If like it's just like. Uh, yeah. If it's just creature spells or not creature spells. Like, yeah. Right. Like you, you flip it and then you're just like, I don't know. Ritual, ritual, ritual. Kill you. Yeah. something i don't know i hadn't thought of that no that's a good idea i mean the front side also kind of does it right like they have to yeah like you just have a mana leak up mm-hmm. sometimes so. that's enough yeah all right next up <laughs> this is a weird one this is a poppet stitcher it's two and a blue for a two three human wizard whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell create a two two black zombie creature token with decayed and then at the beginning of your upkeep if you control three or more creature tokens you can transform poppet stitcher into poppet factory which is an artifact that says creature tokens you control lose all abilities have base power and toughness three three and at the beginning of your upkeep you can transform poppet factory to flip it back okay it's, so this is like this card's kind of in the same vein as like Young Pyromancer or Sedgemore Witch, mm-hmm. where it's just like a thing that cares about you casting instants and sorceries and kind of makes you an army out of them. But I think this would play really well alongside either of them mm-hmm. because you just kind of make an army in a can, you know, cast your op, cast your consider, whatever, and then all of a sudden you can flip this thing over 
turn your whole army into three threes that conveniently lose decay. Yeah. So I thought um, it was kind of cool. Yeah, like I guess the awkward part is you don't flip it until like turn five. Right? So yeah. you go like Pyromancer in the Poppet Stitcher, then you cast your spells on three or on, on yeah. turn four. And then you flip it and presumably like would win the game. Yeah, I mean, depending on what you can flip. Yeah. Um, like, if you're playing this alongside Pyromancer, this might also be a free roll in the um, like the Phoenix decks, where you're mm-hmm. just like Faithless Looting, Consider, Opt, whatever, and it's just like another threat that your opponent has to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like, you play like a threat light game, but you know, you're, you're on this and PZ and yeah, you're you're either going to win with a bunch of Phoenixes or you're going to win with a bunch of 3-3s. Three yeah. I mean, in Historic, maybe, like, I'm just comparing it to, like, Monastery Mentor. And I guess Monastery Mentor is white, which makes yeah. it worse. This being blue is probably better. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean... Makes the do, mana easier. Yeah, but you do have the, the situation where you play it on, like, three, and then... On turn five, you have like nine power. Yeah. And then that's probably fine. And then, you know, then a young pyromancer, then a young pyromancer at that point after the, the it flips into the factory just makes three threes. So even if you don't kill them, like right. having the poppet factory just makes your pyromancers way better. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I wonder if there's another way you could like. You, you can know, flip it early. Like, I mean, or like raise the alarm. Yeah. Right? Like you raise the alarm, you get your tokens that way. Right? Like, you know, you go pop it, Stitcher, turn four, raise the alarm, raise the alarm. What about do- the new timely? Yeah, that could work too. Right? They would have to have two creatures. Yeah. Because like when you made yours, when you cast it, you would get your two, two. But yeah, yeah, you could do something like that. Well, I was thinking cast it before your Papa Stitcher was out. Oh, that yeah. That way it could flip on four. Yeah. Like if you could, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there's what a makes, one mana. Well, mega. you got um, Lovestruck Beast makes well, he, a token for one mana. He's gone now, if we're thinking of standard. But if we're thinking of historic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's also Satyr's Cunning. Yeah. Which makes a one one. On one, so you could do something yeah, I like mean, that. Now you're in three colors, though, and I don't think the mana is yeah. there. Well, uh, oh gosh, uh, the forbidden friendship. Oh yeah, there you go. So, right, if you had instance, you could go like cunning into like forbidden friendship, and then with the like flip trigger on the stack, mm-hmm. you could like cast instance to make more creatures. Oh and then yeah, make zombies. So, all right. Yeah, it's, it's a cool card. It is. It is. All right. Ooh. It's Ooh. an eggy boy. It is. Smoldering egg. Old-timey magic design here. <laughs> One and a red for a dragon egg with Defender. It's an 0-4. 
So whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, put a number of ember counters on smoldering egg equal to the amount of mana spent to cast that spell. Then if smoldering egg has seven or more ember counters on it, remove them and transform smoldering egg. And it becomes Ash Mount Dragon, a 4-4 flying with whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, Ash Mouth Dragon deals two damage to any target. So what do you think about smoldering egg? Uh, I heard it described as kind of um, thing in the ice. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> uh, but in theory, it's going to take you longer to flip it. Yeah, it's harder to flip for sure. Right? Like it it would take... This seven... wants you to cast like two big spells instead of four little spells. Yeah. And say it's like seven one mana spells or... But I yeah. mean, you know, let's say like in modern... You play like a Manamorphose, mm-hmm. right? You get two right there, and you're not down any mana, right? So, like maybe like rituals are the way to go. But yeah, yeah maybe. It, it really wants you to cast like a three and a four. Rituals, you're cut. You're like throwing throwing your card away though. Whereas like thing in the ice, you're always replacing your card with another card. Yeah. But, like, you know, Manamorphose replaces your card. But, yeah, like, if you ritual... But it depends on what you ritual up into. Right. But, yeah. It's... It's weird. The way I was thinking was Thing in the Ice is more for, like, a tempo or a control deck where you're relying on it flipping to catch you up. Mm -hmm. You're, You're using your cantrips to set up your hand, and then it flips and catches you up, and then, like, your hand's good for the rest of the game. Whereas this wants you to play more of like an aggro or a burn game. Yeah. Where you play this out, you know, you cast some burn spells, this thing flips, and then you can finish your opponent off with like two or three burn spells. Yeah, that seems reasonable. And I mean, the fact that like those two or three burn spells like also deal two more damage to everything or to any right. target. Yeah. Um, like one other thing to note is that this plays better with flashback than thing in the ice does oh yeah because like you're you're spending more mana right but it plays worse with spectacle spectacle because you're spending less mana oh yeah yeah i was trying like lit up the stage or skewer yeah i was like what is spectacle but you are right because it's not it's not the converted mana cost it's the how much you spent yeah yeah all right next we have oh this guy that you liked yeah, this guy. I think he's cute. He is cute. It's a Death Bonnet Sprout. is a one mana, one one fungus. And it says at the beginning of your upkeep, mill a card. Then if there are three or more creature cards in your graveyard, transform Death Bonnet Sprout into Death Bonnet Hulk. A three three fungus horror with at the beginning of your upkeep, you may exile a card from a graveyard. If a creature card was exiled this way, put a plus one plus one counter on Death Bonnet Hulk. I thought it was cool. It's just a cheap, cheap card that uh, can get big quickly. Yeah. Or like even the next turn, depending on when it comes down. And then is incidental graveyard hate that makes it even bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, a a one mana three, three, it takes some work, but one mana three, three is good. I mean, it has upside. I mean, they've stapled Mm -hmm. exile a card from a graveyard on a couple cards in this set. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, so we were all happy that they keyworded mill because right. it makes the cards cleaner. But let's reminder text mill as well to make the, <laughs> the, 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 the text box larger. Yeah, it's only because it's an uncommon. If it was a rare, they wouldn't have done that. Probably because it wouldn't have space. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It had four more lines of text instead. It would have. Yeah. All right, we have Outland Liberator, one on the green for a 2-2. Uh, set, you can sacrifice, you pay one and sacrifice it, destroy target artifact or enchantment, and it's a werewolf, so it has daybound. And then on the back side, it's a 3-3 that has one, sacrifice it, sacrifice it to destroy an artifact or enchantment. But it also has, if it attacks, destroy target artifact or enchantment, target player controls. So it's mana wise reclamation sage, right? It's yeah, you lose the body. Yeah, you lose the body. Or like Kasali Pride Bait is probably yeah. the closest analog. But the, but the back, backside's like Gem Razor. Or not or uh 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 what's his name? Kogla. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Gem Razor kill stuff when it attacked? I thought it was just Kogla that did that. Oh yeah, Gem Razor was when it um ETB. Well or when it mutated. Mutated, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's like the Kogla text, where like you every time you attack, you eat something. Yeah, Kogla was creatures, though, wasn't it? Kogla no. wasn't artifacts or enchantments. It came in and fought, and then when it attacked, you destroyed an artifact or enchantment. Oh, okay. So, um, like, I think it's fine. Like, I think this is mm-hmm. good to have in standard. Yeah, like. Because we don't have Rex Age. Right. But, and it's good that, like, it's cheaper than, like, you know, whatever Thrashing Brontodon reprint they're going to give us. Right. Right. It's a little easier to splash. And, like, if it flips, then just, you know, they just they don't get to have instance, they don't get to have artifacts and enchantments again. Right. Ever. So, ever. Attack, kill it. Your turn. Yep. Yeah, no, I think it's I think a solid. It's solid. Will probably show up at some point. All right, this is the one I think I put on there, or you might have already had it on there. I, I had it on, and you put it on a second time. But yeah, I just looked at the colors, man. I didn't. I didn't get to the transform <laughs> section. That's fine. I didn't. I wasn't mentally prepared for a four-hour podcast. Uh, um, yeah, I'm sorry. It's so long. That's right. <laughs> we have Tolovar's Huntmaster, uh, the Green Gravy Train. It sure is. Uh, so it is a four green green six six human werewolf. When it enters the battlefield, create two green-green wolf tokens, and it has daybound. Uh, when it turns night, it flips over. Uh, when you cast, if you were to cast it on the night side, you would get two wolves again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can pay two green-green. Another target wolf uh, or werewolf you control fights target creature you don't control. It's also oh. a seven-seven on the back side. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. In the back side. Or attacks. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, you make a 2 2. Yep. So I missed that when I first read it. Um, that's why it's Gravy Train. So if you flip it over, yep. you just have a Grave Titan that also munches on something. It's another. Another. Wolf, so, so it's, so it's not a himself. Yeah, it's a 2 2 that gets to, to eat something, but still, or attack something. Yep. But the card seems solid. Like it is. Yeah. 10 very power. solid. It's 10 power for 6 mana. 
Yeah. And then if it flips over, it's just upside. Yes. It doesn't have death touch, but you don't need death touch on a six, six. Right. So yeah, like it's kind of just the green grave Titan. Yeah. Good card is good. Yes. Like this is one of the transform cards where you don't probably don't even really miss casting your spells to transform it because you're going to leave your mana up and use it to fight with. Yeah. So you're just like, you play this next turn, you probably attack with a six, six and then say, go. Right. It flips over. And then you have one of your two twos kill something that it can kill. Yep. And then the next turn, you're just like, hopefully you get to, uh, you get to attack with it. Right. You hope that they don't aren't able to cast two spells. And I mean, even if it flips over, you're still like, okay, fine. I have like eight power because one of my wolves yeah. died in the fight. So, yeah, card is very good. Yep, that's this pushed. Is, this is one that you could see like making the day night thing something that you just have to track in like older formats. Yes, pushed enough to matter. Yes. All right. Uh, this Arlen's probably good, unlike the last one. <laughs> I think it's better than the last one. I don't I don't know how good it is. That has yet to be seen. Um, so it's Arlen the Pax Hope. The front side is two red green for a four loyalty Arlen Planeswalker with Daybound. Plus one until your next turn, you may cast creature spells as though they had flash, and each creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. Or you can neg three to make two, two, two green wolf creature tokens. The backside is Arlen the Moon's Fury, uh, also a form loyalty planeswalker, this time with Nightbound. Uh, plus two, add red green to your mana pool. Uh, zero is until end of turn, Arlen the Moon's Fury becomes a 5 5 werewolf creature with trample, indestructible, and haste. Yay. That's a lot of words. That is a lot of words. So I've seen this card just described as like the control killer. Right? So if you stick the front side, mm-hmm. there are four thing, three things your control opponent has to worry about, right? Mm-hmm. They have to worry about the two wolves and the Arlen. Yep. And then the backside is a two mana planeswalker if you plus it. Right. And then also just like take five if you need it to be take five. Yeah. Indestructible, haste, trample. Yeah, you're just like five you. Yeah. Like it like the front side just does what everything that you like want against a control deck, right? Yeah. Like I think if you're not playing against control though, you almost want this to enter on the backside. Because you like you cast I mean, I guess making the two two wolves like protects it some. Yeah. But four mana for making some wolves is just going to get this thing killed. It could. Like your opponent's just going to, I don't know, whatever that new shock was or. Yeah. But the backside, like if it comes down for, you know, four mana, you've already transformed it into night or it's already transitioned into night. And then it comes down and is a hasty 5-5 five, five, trample indestructible. 
yeah, I think but that's I mean, a lot more relevant. But I mean, at that point, it only has four loyalty. So, like, they might just be able to take five and then kill it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, I mean, think about, um, oh gosh, Lolf? Yeah. Right? Like, how annoying are those stupid spiders? Like, I know they have reach. But, like, Lolf is, like, super hard to kill behind those spiders. Right? Like, this has the hold of flying. But, like, if you compare it to Lolf, it's, like, maybe better. Right? Because you can, like, Arlen the Pax Hope, get it down to one. Right? So you do have to, like, cross your fingers that they don't have, like, a burn spell. But even if they have a burn spell, you've got 4-4 worth of power across two bodies or four 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 worth of power of toughness across two bodies yeah for four mana plus you got a card out of them right but if it lives then like you plus it right what do they do so you're at two loyalty and they can't attack you because what are you gonna flash in that is now enormous yeah and you have two wolves. And then it flips. So then the next turn you can be like, fine, I'll plus it again, get a bunch of mana, or I'll just zero it and now we get on the beatdown plan. So like, Yeah, that's true. I didn't I didn't think about like her plus facilitating the flip. Yeah, so you plus it and you're just like go. And then you yeah. know it's gonna flip. So again, it's gonna take a turn cycle. Yeah. But, like, if your opponent doesn't cast anything, it flips and you probably just win the game. Yeah. And if you if they do cast something, you're like, fine, next turn, plus, go, and then flash something in. It's going to be big, like, you know. You flash in, like, you know, this guy. I guess he'd be off one Ooh. mana. Right? But then you're just like, all right, cool. Like, I guess I win. Yeah. So. I mean that's true. <laughs> yeah, so like I think the I think like the two 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 wolves don't seem like a lot, but like comparing it to Lolf, you're like, oh, those do matter. And this is one yeah. less mana than Lolf. Yeah, I mean like it just dies to Goldspan Dragon though. It does. Which I mean might might be why it ends up not seeing play, right? Yeah. Right. Or it might be a card that has to be like in your sideboard and you like bring it in like if you're on the play. Because yeah. you know you'll get like the the chance to untap with it. Yeah. But yeah, like it does have the hold of Goldspan Dragon because the tokens don't have reach. But yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and that could be why it ends up not being good, right? Like if it's like, it seems like yeah. Goldspan Dragon is going to be one of the best like five cards in the format. Yeah. Right, and like you know, she doesn't deal with Goldspan Dragon well, so that might just be like okay, can't <laughs> have that. You can't be played because you can't beat a Goldspan Dragon. Yeah. But, you know, if there is... It's interesting. I think it's a yeah. hard card to evaluate. It is. like. It's also like, kind of awkward with that black removal spell. That destroys because the both sides deal with it. Like, if it comes in Nightbound, the Neg5, Neg5 kills it. Oh, if it is if it is a... Yeah, oh. if it comes in and you make I it... See. If you use the Gideon mode, yeah, then yeah, then the Neg Five Neg Five kills it. And if you make the and wolves, if it comes in the front side and it's wolves, it just kills the wolves. Yeah, and then you're able to get in. 
Yeah. Whew. Like you play the three three that makes a one one. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, cool, sweep up your wolves. Attack attack. It's a six, six six. Yeah. I don't even care about your RLN at that point. <laughs> six. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Whew. So yeah, that's uh yeah, like I don't know. It just it does depend on like how prevalent Goldspan Dragon is, and yeah. like how much of the wolves matter. But yeah. again, like I've been like I see lull through the like lens of standard twenty twenty two, where that yeah. card's annoying, where like I didn't think it would be. Well, like I think this set seems powerful enough where what we're seeing in standard twenty twenty two isn't necessarily what we're gonna see for. Yeah. Like actual rotation of standard. Yeah, true. Alright. So we have We're almost done, I promise. Alright. So we have the land cycles. So these are I guess they're we had the fast land, so these are the slow lands. I really don't think that's fair to call these slow lands. Like technically they are the opposite of fast lands. Yeah. But like I think mid range decks want these. Mm-hmm. So Not the, really like control decks. Yeah. So these are dual lands that enter the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more other lands. And yeah. they tap for the allied colors. Uh, right? These yeah, are the allied colors. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so these so yeah. want to be your third land. Yeah. Not your... Like, I guess they're like... So fast lands... Fast lands are tapped. They want to be your third land as... Like, they can be your first, second, or third land, and they're untapped. Right. These are untapped starting on three. Right. Um. So, like, these are these are good. Like, I think they're really good. Right. I mean, they do support uh, two color aggressive decks. Right. Like, not like a heavy splash, but like you know, if you want to be white and then like splash a uh a counter spell right you want to splash like a test of talents right deserted beach probably lets you do that or like hey my third land is this and i can hold up test of talents i don't know that these want to be in an aggressive deck at all why not because if you keep a two lander and one of them is this like, you're not going to be able to play your spells Fair. I, mean, they, I think they want to be in a like a mid-range deck, like specifically a mid-range deck. I don't think like control would rather play a tapped land that does something and aggro wants their mana untapped. I think well, mid-range is the only people that care about like mana on turn I mean, four and five. In standard, we don't have a tap land that does anything. Right. Our options are the snarls, which are hot garbage. Yeah, that's true. And these. The pathways don't do anything. The pathways don't do anything. Well, you have the um the ones from Keldheim, the uncommon ones. The uncommon ones. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're like super hyped to play like the blue white land, like maybe. So like maybe maybe maybe. But I think like if you're like blue white control, you're playing the beach and like those yeah maybe right because like in a control deck you don't mind that they come into play tapped early 
Yeah. And then like it's like you want them to come into play untapped late. Right. Yeah. Like you want to be able to like play your whatever five mana planeswalker. Yeah. I was thinking more like, you know, if you wanna in an aggressive deck, right, you know, maybe not like your twenty two like your twenty two land deck, but like a twenty four kind of land deck where this can be your third or fourth land so that you can play your splash card mm-hmm. like on time as opposed to it coming into play tapped. Because a lot of times those decks, like you, you, you want to go one, two, three, right. right? And, you know, or if you have to go two, three, that's fine. Not great, but fine. But it always sucks when your like third land comes into play tapped, right? And this situation where, where it's, these are better when you keep a three lander than like, you know, a temple would be because they yeah. let you go one, two, three, but they are worse. And well, they're, they're basically a temple in a two land hand. Yeah. So I don't know. Like the, right. from what the format looks to me, both the white weenie and the vampires, like whatever that's going to look like, mm-hmm. look to be one, two, three decks, okay. not, two three four or three four five decks but i also think that like you know the mana in like a red black aggro deck mm-hmm. is like awful isn't it why like they don't have a snarl all they have is one they just have the pathway right so they have one pathway. Yeah, I guess so. And then they have like the tap uh common land cycle. Yeah. Oh, and the 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 lands from Kaldheim aren't duels. Right. They tap for one mana and then their activated their activated abilities yeah. too. Colors. So again, I think if you're vampires you would play Haunted Ridge, right? Like yeah, you I guess might so. not you might I guess not, just because the mana's bad. Yeah, like the mana is like, cause think about like your standard 2022 deck, right? You have the, oh, what are they called? Like you probably have the like tapped uh, Snowlands, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like you would play a Haunted Ridge over that. Yeah. I like, can think of how many times you were like, oh, I can play my Amherstrom. Oh, I can't because yeah. like this comes into play tapped. So like, I think you just play them. Now, granted, that is more of a mid-range deck. Yeah. But like if you're red black aggressive, you still have to like cast your spells. Oh hey. That uh Emistrum Predator is a vampire dragon. Oh yeah, it is. There we go. <laughs> it's just doing everything. There's your top end of your dragon of your vampire deck. Yep. Um but no, I think these are good. Yeah. Like I think they will see play. I think they're solid. Yeah, like they're not like you know, they're not modern playable, right? Because like you no. care about your, your turn one and turn two. So much in modern, but I think they're, they could be pioneer playable. They're definitely historic playable. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Um, we have the adversaries cards that are mythic just to move packs. Um, so we have, so all of these are templated basically the same, which is their creatures that come into play. When they enter the battlefield, you can pay a mana cost a certain any number of times, and they get like counters based on the number of times you paid that amount. Right. Plus, they get an additional effect. Yeah, so they basically have multi kicker. Yes, 
But um, the difference is, is where multi-kicker, you have to pay on the front end before the spell resolves. Right. These you pay after it's entered the battlefield. So you never get in a situation where you're like, I'm going to put seven mana into this thing and it gets countered. Right. Right. You know that I'm going to get this effect when I start paying the stuff. Yep. Paying the mana. So. so we had talked about three of them last week, I think. I think we, we talked about Intrepid Adversary, Spectral Adversary, and Tainted Adversary. Yeah. Okay. Um, Knowing what the rest of the set looks like, does that change any of those three? I mean, I think that we probably said it before, but like Intrepid Adversary just fits into this like mythical white aggressive deck that we keep talking about. Yeah. Right. I mean, worst case scenario, it's like a four mana Lord. Well, fail case, it's a three, one life linking for two. Right. And then like, it gets to be a, you know, four mana Lord. Yeah. Like that seems great. Yep. Seems fine. Um, I don't know how good tainted adversary is. Yeah. Right. Since like it makes the bad zombie tokens. Right. But what if you played it with a uh, poppet master? Yeah. Or was get... like sack outlets or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I just don't I mean, know. Like, like a, a two mana, two, three death touch is probably just fine. I mean, it's gifted aetherborn. Uh, yeah, it's easier to play. Like, you don't have to be mono black to play it, but it's yeah. Easy, yeah, it's easier. You lose lifelink, but you make it easier to cast. Yeah. I mean, that card has seen play. Yep. That card was an uncommon. <laughs> True. This card is a mythic. Not a mythic. Um, I, I, I don't think Spectral Adversary seems to have a home. Yeah, I don't. Right? Like I don't love Spectral Adversary. Right, like I feel like its best case is like bad rattle chains. Yeah. Just like one in a blue flash flyer. Yep. And I guess like you might get to save something from removal. Or I yeah. guess like in fairness, you could also phase out your opponent's stuff. Yeah, to push some attacks through. But like if yeah. your spirits all your stuff flies, so Yeah, like if they have a flyer, you get to get something, but like Yeah. Probably doesn't matter. So, like, yeah. I don't think Spectral Adversary has a home in Standard, and I don't think that, like, it breaks into older format spirit decks. Like, the two-mana spot is pretty much spoken for. Right? Yeah. It's worse than Rattle Chains. It's worse than Supreme Phantom. And, yeah. like, it's worse than Selfless Savior. Yeah. So, so then we have the uh, the Red Snapcaster Mage. Uh, basically, it's a bloodthirsty adversary, one red for a 2-2 with haste. Uh, when bloodthirsty adversary enters the battlefield, you pay two and a red any number of times. It gets that many counters, and you exile that many target instant or sorcery cards with mana value three or less and cast any number of the copies without paying their mana cost. Yeah. So, um, like, is this red snapcaster or is it red goblin dark dwellers? It's more I mean, like Goblin Dark Dwellers, right? It is more like Goblin, Do Goblin Dark Dwellers. Yeah. That's probably a better comparison. Which was uh, fine. That was a great card in that standard. Yeah. So it's like, it's like you said, it's fine. Yeah. 
right? I don't see you paying this like multiple times. Like, no, you're probably only going to pay it once. Yeah. Though, um, in the uh, world of janky modern decks, so have you seen the, uh, it's, oh gosh. So whatever the, the suspend like, uh, warp world is. Yeah. Uh, right. So they play goblin dark dwellers. So yeah. you do it, you put in a dark dwellers and you do it again. Right. This gives you more dark dwellers because it's true. Pres- presumably you have mana. Yeah. Cause you've put in some lands. So this gives you extra dark dwellers to like keep doing the, doing the thing. Hmm. So like you have more, cause like, like that deck wins because it like, you know, goes from six permanents to nine permanents to 29 permanents. Yeah. So just having like an extra way to do it, uh, hmm. can be, can be valuable. And then the last one, I don't understand. Okay. It hurts it's a me. primal adversary two and a green for a four, three with trample. Does the rest of it matter? Uh, the rest of it exists, but probably not. So when it enters the battlefield, you can pay one and a green any number of times. When you pay this cost, put that many counters on it. And that many target lands you control become three, three wolf creatures with haste that are still lands. Yes. Um, so for five mana, you get seven power, six toughness. And four of it tramples. Eight power, seven toughness, because you get a counter. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um. So, like, you just get to pick ridiculously overstatted um, uh, three, three drops in uh, green. Yeah, in your snappy deck. It's a good yeah. thing we don't have Land of War Elves, huh? God. But, like, this is... But you have this... You have our uh, the one that replaces itself. There was yeah. another like three mana four three, wasn't there? In green, maybe maybe a little. Uh, no, I think there was. Yeah, like it just it just seems like green just gets these like giant things at three mana. Yep. Um, right, like pile the pressure on. Yeah, and like it's a good like top deck late like you can't you kind of can't flood out yeah right like if you get to six lanes you're just like all right cool i guess you take three and then you have to do and it's not becomes a wolf till the end of turn it's just a wolf now right so like you just like you just and have, a land yeah you just have two things you have to deal with now right? and like anything that's like bounce target non-land permanent uh yeah well, I guess it doesn't. It doesn't say is and it's. Oh no, still lands. There it is. So still yeah. So, so yeah. So you can't bounce it with like you know a uh, a thing that's like bounce target per uh, non land permanent. Yeah. So, yeah, like I don't think the rest of the text matters. Like I think you're just gonna play it for a four three beater. Probably. But like an easy like usually the four threes are like one green green yeah like this just goes on like a gruel deck could you imagine this following up a wrath though like if your opponent taps out for like a meat hook massacre 
for four on turn six and you just untap and you're like, all right, seven mana, here we go. Yeah, take three. <laughs> uh, or, or, yeah. Oh, take six. Yeah, if you have enough mana, you're just like, yeah, take six. Uh, And I'm still going to have all this. Even if you don't, you're just like, fine. Like, I'll put 10 power on the board. Yeah. Can, can you can you wrath it again? Yeah. Yeah, it's... I think that the white one and the green one are probably the two best. Yeah. And then, and then I think the black one and the red one are tied for like mm-hmm. relevant creature types with mediocre abilities that might see play. And yeah. then the blue ones bring it up the rear. Yeah. Like probably the most, re- it probably has the most relevant creature type, but it just doesn't do anything compared to all the right. other creatures of that type. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like these cards don't feel like they needed to be mythic. Like it feels like they're yeah, just, probably not. They're just um, uh, what's it called? They're they're just like ways to move packs. Also, yeah. why is this wolf in a house? He's not a werewolf. Like, there's a hat on the ground. Are they saying that they he like they ate someone like in his house? Like that's not cool. Maybe the big bad wolf. I guess. Although we had that in uh, Throne, right? Yeah, we did. And so this guy's just like a burglar and a murderer. Like, that's not cool. Yeah, it's not cool. All right, what else do we have? Are we done? That's it. Oh, my gosh. Finally. Uh, <laughs> uh. So, um, uh, yeah, so that was a lot. Yeah, and that was a lot. We probably could have done more cards, but, you know, we're at over four hours now. So I, I understand. Sorry, man. The set was good. The set was good. Um, so if you want to tweet at us cards we have missed, don't because it was four <laughs> hours long. But if you want to tweet us and, and talk about our amazing stamina, you can get us at casual tripod on Twitter. Yeah, if you, if you want to let us know how awesome we are for producing five hours of content for you people on a weeknight, you can hit us up on Facebook at casual tryhard MTG. Um, you could also email us show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Not that I think anybody's still listening five hours in, but uh, we have a TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Do your pre-orders there. Once the set comes out, do your actual orders there. I gave you some specs for vampire decks. Pick the stuff up while it's cheap. You'll thank me later. Uh, and you'll help us out at the same time. If you guys want to support us more directly, do so at patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG through a couple bucks in the pot and you'll get access to our pre-show our show notes and my give backs when I do them and jump in the discord. Talk to us. Let us know what you think about this set about standard going forward and what decks you're going to brew. Yeah. I am looking forward to no Eldraine and there being some different decks. Me too. So with all of that, uh, I would say we'll catch you at FNM, but I might need to sleep for the next three days. Uh, <laughs> Probably. We're getting old. Yes. G- Gavin Gavin is scheduled to wake up in about six hours. So. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I know when my wake-up call is. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I will uh, talk to you later because you're going to go to sleep right now. I will go to sleep. So yeah. uh, with that, good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>